2: Minikoff! Boo! Haver boo! Oh, they're saying hey Haves. Havy hey, boo! They're saying Havy Haves. They're not booing. Boo! Promo code ham! Promo code boo! Saturday night, man. That was... Recording this on a Sunday. It's probably out on a Monday as opposed to Sunday night. Um... Saturday night was, I mean, God, just Twitter had everything you ever want it to have on a Saturday night, you know?
0: I think you, you described it best, guy. That hmm. You just, the difference between Twitter on a weekend night, especially Saturday, compared to, you know, I'd say Sunday through Thursday, is a high percentage of people have put something in their body, whether it be alcohol, yeah. hopefully, you know, it's promo code e- ham with ease.com, but they are not sober, Right. Especially right. if the, if the breaking news happens at around, I don't know, seven o'clock. Six o'clock. 6, yeah, time whatever it time it was. <laughs> so think about the East Coast guy, they're yeah, definitely but, all no, I, up. And
2: it's not even that you're. It's not even that Twitter's drunk. It's just people are just a little loose. You know, just get a little loose. Yeah, just getting a little, a little loose. I was a little loose. I was laughing my ass off. I was having so much fun. You, like, you, don't assume. You know what I was thinking last night? Don't assume. When you see somebody at a bar on their phone, that you're having more fun than them. <laughs> Where were you guys? What did you guys do? I, we were at bus stop. Oh. Just over on Union. Watching Niner game was on. A's Giants was on. Florida-Miami was on. So, there's a lot going on. Do
0: you think... I, I was thinking about... You, you're calling a game next Saturday, huh? Yeah. Coming into the city just to watch some games. Be, is there cool places to watch down by in the marina, huh? Just people out and about on a Saturday? Game, college yeah. football games yeah. on? Yeah. Too bad you won't be there, but maybe I'll rally the troops. <laughs> we could fire it up,
2: too. I mean, you know, in a few weeks I'll be ready to do that. I'll have some availability. What, what time's
0: your game? Uh, Saturday night, 7, I think. That's the – I mean, it's, it's here, baby. We had football going on. The crazy part about last night is when the news broke. Mm. I had no clue that the Colts – because the thing about the preseason – Unlike the regular season, you know everyone's playing. You're like, oh yeah, the Colts are fucking playing the Bears. Guy, I had zero clue. I mean, Same. negative clue. If you would have told me one, the Colts were playing, and two, their opponent. Like that's the thing about the preseason. You're like, who? Josh Rosen make that sweet throw again? Again? Was that the who? The Texas? The what? What? The Bills? They're not know the preseason. You just have no well, clue what's going on.
2: We'll get to this in a moment, but you're the one that texted me about there was some booing and I and my response to you was, wait, they're playing right this happened while they're playing? I yeah. didn't even realize oh, wow. just the Twitter was Twitter was up to fifteen last night on a one to ten. Scale. It was on
0: fire, guy. It was on fire and then all
2: you need and then all you need is a
0: gottlieb or a dock itch and it just Well that that's Yay! what I, I don't think people Yay! quite realize. Without some balance on Twitter, if we all thought the same, we would exactly. just like and retweet everyone. You can't, thinking the same, that no diversity of thought is the end of the world. I mean, that's just bottom line. So, and I know you and me, you actually kind of drove me there today just seeing I started getting madder and madder. Sometimes I notice if I go to the gym, like I can easily just not tweet about a subject because I'm just saving my takes for the microphone guy. That once I get on like a treadmill or uh, today I was on the Stairmaster and my juices just get worked up. Cause I'm not. I can tweet while I'm watching Kepka and Rory with the phone in my hand. I'm just like, I can't fucking hold back. These motherfuckers got to hear my takes. <laughs> there were just, but you realize yeah. in with, with a story like that, the amount of tweets that maybe you saw or I saw that, vice versa, we didn't see yet. We follow the same. Like, you miss out on so much. You know, you can't even keep up with all the fire fucking takes coming from every single human about how it symbolizes basically society and the end of potentially civilization guy because that's i know, it, I know. It, it by about 30 minutes into the story it truly gets that deep
2: right yeah it's like elvis shakes his hips yeah and that's why america's gonna fail yeah by ha- the beatles yeah by how just, god help us all
0: you know it, 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 it's wild but it's would you say it's now the most predictable thing of our generation on social media? How something well, that's go? part of the fun, is it? Yeah. That's part
2: of the fun of it, because you right, can see this, where it's headed. Is
0: knowing what's going to happen. <laughs> It'd be like if you standing at a place where the avalanche can't hit you, but you get to watch the live avalanche happen, and you know how it's going to gain steam coming down, or or you know like a mudslide or something, but it's not going to touch you, but you get to you watch know, the devastation.
2: I'll, I'll tell you what I think of it. Yeah, it, although you don't want like that's. There's less joy.
0: I'm saying, but no one gets
2: hurt. hurt. You know, you just get to watch. But I heard uh, Ricky Gervais explain part of why The Office is such a good TV show. He's like, well, it's not just that the main character is an idiot, right? Michael Scott is a a dummy. It's that you know, and I'm not going to say it as well as he said it, but like, you know, because you hear everyone else's conversations about him, how everyone else is viewing him, and you're viewing him that way. But you also know that he doesn't know that he's getting viewed that way. Good point. So, so you're watching this idiot roll into this, like, stupid situation that's going to end badly for him, and he's the only one that doesn't know. That is like – but it's but every episode was the same. Right? <laughs> he's going to do something dumb, and he won't know it's coming. Everyone else will know it's coming. And that's – it's just – you just – yeah, that's Twitter when something big happens. It's just phenomenal. And you know that some people are just going to be hilarious, and some people are going to be just totally out of touch – and I really, a lot of times, like, the Andrew Luck thing, I wasn't, I think my tweet was, is that real Schefter? Because that's the first thing I thought, right? It's probably the first thing you thought when you saw Schefter. But once that happened, I didn't really have a take. Like, what was I going to tweet? Like, culture F. <laughs> like, I, you know, yeah. I was just kind of done for the night. And then it just was, oh, so fantastic. Whoa, they
0: really need a backup now.
2: You know? like, <laughs> yeah. when it's just, Oh, they depth, <laughs> uh, uh, uh who could
0: they get? Could they? Would they offer uh, a fifth for Mullins? Yeah. Does this change the scheme week one? You know, I was like, uh, because <laughs> even uh, even after the game, when someone asked Frank, I-, I watched both press conferences just on my phone. I watched uh, the Andrew Luck one, which you just—it was kind of gut wrenching. You felt terrible mm. for him. But then the crazier one, mainly because they have two super high level guys and an owner guy who is either completely never sober and on who knows what, or just the biggest loon we've ever seen. I think the information he's kind of a combination of them both. Inherited this team, is nuts, is a drug user. Like, no, he, he is a drug user, slurring his words. But they asked Frank Reich, like, have you sat down with Jacoby and kind of given him the speech? And he's like, guys... He's like, one, we just found out within the last 12 hours. And two, I kind of looked, when I found out is when Jacoby found out. And I got news for you. Jacoby's like best friends with Andrew. He was pretty fucking rattled. He didn't swear. But he's like, he was rattled. So you know what I did? I said, let's just take a couple deep breaths for a day or two. And then I'll have the Dick for meal. we're going to win with you speech with him in my office in about 48 hours. Right. Which is, which is. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's a great take. Yeah, it is a great take.
2: And that's what makes t- Twitter great is there are no deep breaths. Because because that's, when he said that
0: <laughs> he's like, you know what? Jacoby was pretty phased by it, like pretty affected by this. Like that's his sure. guy. And Luck yeah. talked about like how close they had become. Let, let's get mm. into it all. I, I got so many takes.
2: This uh, this podcast is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com promo code Ham. Uh, Big-time sponsorship on the pod this week, which is great. Ease has been right there for us, and you have been supporting Ease as well. Tell your friends about the promo code HAM if you're a repeat user at Ease, which is great because it's a great deal.
0: I, I know one thing that I've really been hammering on my Ease.com promo code HAM deliveries guy are these things they call the pre-roll. They are already rolled, ready to ready to smoke, and a little more powerful than my vape pen. And I uh, haven't had a cocktail now in two weeks. I feel fantastic. What? Yeah, you don't you don't even need to drink. And I, I wake up just feeling great. Put on my makeup. <laughs> yeah, so uh, e- Ease.com, it has it all, guy. Pre-rolls, vapes, gummies, you name it, they got it. But also, a lot of our parents, a lot of people our age, a lot of people, guy, are using this thing they call CBD. Easewellness.com, get your CBD delivered. They deliver all over the country. Again, easewellness.com. They got this thing called promo code HAM for first-time users. If you've already used it, tell your friends. Have them use it or just you know use a different name and a different credit card and use it again your second time. Do whatever you got to do. Just keep <laughs> using that promo code.
2: That's right. EASE, E-A-Z-E is how you spell it, .com, or easewellness.com. That's for the CBD. Promo code HAM. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. John, this podcast is also brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number 1 ham1 one. it's a new season AB's on the raiders that's new levy' on the jets that's new Odell's on the browns that's new one thing hasn't changed you put your money down for all the games at mybookie.ag promo code ham1
0: guy this year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest first place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000 and it only costs $100 to enter again you go to mybookie.ag it, we've got a lot of new listeners you don't they're one of the main sponsors on this pod Promo code Ham One. You can either take the bonus uh, because the bonus. If you do take the bonus, there is rollover, so you have to bet the bonus. You can't just bet once. If you put down $500 and get the 100% bonus and get you know a free another $500 and then just cash out, so you got to bet it. Now you don't- you can decline it and use our Ham One to show that you're just supporting the pod and then gamble yeah. away. I- I've done that before because if I want to make a big purchase, uh, like I-, I thought about doing on Kepka. Uh, on Friday, I'm lucky I didn't. This is where I held off. Or Hawaii plus 11. That yeah, I noticed last night, guy, it had dropped to nine and a half. So people well, were. Well, we hammering. talked
2: about that one on the pod the last time. I didn't know it was plus 11 until you told me. I couldn't believe everybody on college game they picked Arizona. Wild. Because I- we talked on the last pod, like, could you pick Hawaii to win? I think part of it, John, we just have a deep history with what happens to teams when they go to we've Hawaii. Made the, the we've made Arizona. the trip.
0: You know, with Fresno we've State, made the you trip. saw it, and Pat Hill almost kicked your ass. That was at halftime or the end of the game. Post game. <laughs> yeah. Held on! Uh, yeah, you said we held on, and we did held on, because it's hard to win there. It's a weird. It's kind of like an A's game. There's no one there, but you're playing in an NFL stadium. It's, it's a weird place. Uh, yeah. But, obviously, this week, we got a ton of college football starting. I think Thursday night, we got some games starting all that's weekend. Uh, and then, again, get involved with this all-year process. I, I'm actually going to join this now, thinking about it. I'm just reading this promo. Again, mybookie.ag, guy. That's my, mm-hmm. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. .ag, promo code ham1. And really quick, guy, I,
2: mm.
0: I, I give the reason this podcast and we went independent, we just me and you are running this thing starting last year right around football season. If you remember, probably like a year ago to the date. Uh, it's been possible and been really successful. We're basically sold out for the fall. And these two sponsors have been a big fucking reason. Like they've they have been down. My bookie's been down for years, but then jumped when we went... Uh, you know, kind of solo and ease. We got eSense and we got a bunch of other sponsors we'll be reading, but I want to appreciate all the listeners for always being involved with this stuff and helping us out because it's you guys are making this thing. We're rolling, baby.
2: That's re- That's well said. That's part of why we, uh, we defend your right to boo on this podcast, even if we think it's dumb sometimes, is because you guys have supported us. Like those sponsors are back and remain because our listeners uh, patronize. Those sponsors, so it works. So we appreciate. Trust trust me, everyone.
0: (laughs) I've used these a lot to uh, calm me down, and I've lost a lot of money on my bookie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, there's something for everybody. I've won something. There's other ads. There's yeah, I know. know, Yeah, but hopefully, there's something for everybody. And and uh, you know, over time, like Manscaped or whatever we've had in the past, legacyboxcom slash See, there's a good, there's a good, there's a good example, guy. Manscaped.
0: Our our listeners were so powerful; they're back on for the fall. You know, you just. It's all you guys. We we love the fans. All right, Andrew Luck. We already
2: got into it a little bit. Uh, It'll be one of those sports moments. I'll never forget where I was. The moment I saw, I got the alert from Bleacher, which is like one out of every ten alerts I want. But that one I got, and I was happy I got it. That's the reason you stay. Click yes on alerts. Um, It was wild. We've talked over the years, you and I, about Andrew and his health, and you're always like, yeah, is he going to
0: make it to the ears? And I'm always like,
2: he's going to be fine, he's going to be fine, he's going to be fine, he's going to be fine.
0: Remember the, remember when he hurt his fine. shoulder, and then he hurt it again, snowboarding, and we found out later? Yeah,
2: or how about this thing where it was a hamstring, and then randomly Jim Ursay says he's a bone issue? It's like, w- what it turns out is there's pr- he's probably more hurt than everyone than than we really know, right? Because I don't think we know about all his injuries. Well, we don't, we and, never and have. two,
0: the one thing we found out, if you either watched the press conference or have read about it, he was not going to play week one. Well, can One thing I think we're out of touch this, with...
2: You had a great... This I think you're going to say what I think you're going to say, and you had a, this was a great tweet. Well, I, I
0: right think tonight. the way we're talking about this right now would be the equivalent of, like, we'll get into Mahomes and Jimmy late, later. But just, like, Jimmy Garoppolo or Mahomes, obviously they'd be a little older, but just retired. Their starting quarterback, like, in theory retired, but he is not their starting quarterback. He has not played... I think I read somewhere he's had like three practices, guys, since April. And Ballard talked about last night. He's like, we've been dealing with this this injury. It's weird to see like luck was asked about it, and he held off at first. And then he realized, like, I'm fucking retired. So then he starts going into the details of like the all these words that no one really knows, but how it went from his calf to his ankle to the high ankle sprain to the bone. And you're like, Jesus. He's like, my frustration is I'm not even close to being ready. I don't know if I have a degenerate leg. He, th- there is a chance, I, coming away from his press conference, guy, that he missed the entire season with a fucked up leg. So, if if Philip Rivers retired tomorrow, they would be that would be insane. I'm not saying this isn't insane, but they would have lost their starting quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is there has been their starting quarterback all of training camp, and it and it sure looked like he was more than likely going to start Week One, whether this guy was you know on the team or not. And more than likely, right, after so- you hear Luck talk. He might have been the fucking starter for like all of the first month, right? No, it's a good point, and I I'm think just saying it's a curveball into the story, which isn't black and white like the dude just up and left right before the season, right?
2: Yeah, where you say, like, oh, he just he left the team in a lurch two weeks before the season was supposed to be is supposed to begin. It's like, well, to your point, well, he wasn't going to be the quarterback week one. It's it'd be different, right, if he had not been battling any injuries and just decided, you know what, I want to travel the world with my well, wife. Guy,
0: I think he talked about it last night. He would not. It only entered his mind when, like a week and a half ago, everyone keeps telling him we're not quite sure. You're kind of fucked. Like you're screwed. This it's not going away. If he was just playing, this these were not coming into his mind. He acknowledged that. It's just the the relentless rehab of rehab of rehab. The thinking, what is going on? I I truly believe that his body, over like you know Yao. I think he's basically like a Yao Ming or Brandon Roy. The difference is. Those guys had a degenerate injury, or those guys had a major injury. For a guy, people, super, especially Yao, you know, foot injuries like his body was gonna wear and tear, and then they had a major injury. But Yao's even talked about it. I think at like a world championship in the mid two thousands, he played for China and made it a lot worse. Luck talked about how he had made injuries worse in the past, trying to be a tough guy when he was already hurt. And I, I think this blood, on, blood on like that was a lot of Ryan Grigson has created this. By, as Warren Sharp tweeted out, there was no player his first four years in the league, hit, sacked more, pressured more, and just hit more than Andrew Luck by a pretty wide margin. And yeah, he's enormous, but his body gave out on him. Like, that's what I, I don't think it's that. Everyone's trying to make this something that else, like, it's pretty simple. He's, he's He might just be screwed. He's like, look at him like a Brandon Roy or a Yao Ming, not like, Roethlisberger just leaving right now. That's where I think we're kind of lost, and all the players then get to all this victimhood. It takes like on a life of its own, as we talked about. But yeah. I, I think it's... which
2: can we can we just talk about? Aunt, aunt, like I want to get to yeah. All that I stuff, think it's pretty, I, I just don't listening listening think it's that talk complicated.
0: About why he's I, I think he's... I would imagine the last week and a half, someone told him like you might not be able to play this season. And if I would have told you that, and if you're Andrew Luck and you've already missed basically a season and a half over the last three years. And you've already been struggling and struggling. You start thinking, what if it's always going to be something? What if you're just, I, I'm over. Like, it's just done. And I know Charles Woodson tweeted, like, year eight, I had the same thought. The difference, I think, if you look at like Charles' battled injuries, that I think Luck started thinking, like, my career is over. Like, I might never be on the field. He hasn't been able to practice. Like, he cannot even practice. So I, I I I don't think it's really that nuts. Like, I mean, it, it, is, it is crazy, but it's not as nuts as everyone's making it out to be when you dive deep and you listen to him talk and basically, I, I can't play right now. I'm not, if we well, played a game this week, I'm not there. I'm on street clothes.
2: What makes it even less nuts is he's already made a generational amount of money. And then on top of that, it's not just that he can't stay healthy. It's that, through whatever rehab he does i
0: got the number at 97 million i think i saw on spot track does
2: that include the 30 million they're they're letting him keep
0: yeah because they factor in the bonus you get so he like he has 97 million dollars now he was gonna have to give back 24 whatever and ursa just said keep it
2: well i thought he was gonna give back
0: 12 yeah whatever it is whatever the number was that he's allowed to keep his actual money because the way nfl contracts work your bonus is a huge part of the money that you get that they prorate over the years right so he's right. he made ninety seven million dollars and he was, I forget the exact campaigns, but I've definitely seen him in commercials. Right, like he's not, I would imagine locally he had a couple of big ones, don't you think? He's he's made some cash. Yeah.
2: So that's one is the cash, and two is it's not as if he's from what he told us rehabbing to get ready to do something. And and, and part of his motivation is love. His motivation he didn't like he didn't love it anymore because it had taken his joy the injury his joy had been taken so how are you supposed to get ready you know so for all the well, we're getting into people calling him soft and all that other shit but the bottom line is whatever you th- he didn't feel that anymore didn't feel it and for obvious reasons and on top of that didn't need to do it so and like and and I think your points a really important one because it's not like just tough it out and see if you can get us to the Super Bowl this year well he wasn't going to be toughing it out week one he just wasn't going to be playing
0: yeah, that's when I see that everyone in the organization was shocked. And I did see the athletic writer that covers them like there might be some more stuff to come out. Is there is there something going to come out that the team thought he was good and he thought he wasn't? Like I, I don't know because sure. when I hear Andrew talk, I think this is a guy that feels like he has like a career-ending injury cuz that's not really how it's being discussed right now, right? It was just like, "Oh, he just got some ankle pain. He was going to be good to go really soon." That's not how he talked. He acted like his ankle issue is a major problem, and even Ursula. Well, if
2: he was gonna be, yeah, if he was gonna be ready to roll here with a month more of physical therapy, what you know? Because well,
0: I, again, back to just on the, well, the most basic element. If in his mind he was 100 percent not playing early in the season, where I think a lot of people, the way they're talking about it, just feel like he was gonna start week one. That's that's where I think it's completely lost now. Like he and they play the Chargers right week one, and that's a pretty big game. It's probably one of the bigger matchups week one, right? On paper before yesterday. Luck versus Rivers and just two playoff teams. That's not, you know, Sunday, Monday, or Thursday night football. You could, I'd have to look, but it might be the biggest non primetime game of the week when you just factor in the two teams. Right. Two teams coming off double digit win teams, which I think before Luck retired, they would have been in a short list. Beside, like the Patriots, just if you subtract the Patriots, they would have been the list of six or seven teams that people would think could win the Super Bowl, right? Chargers and the Colts, and probably even yeah. a little more the Colts and the Chargers because the the Chargers kind of carry that. Oh, they're always going to blow it. People are like well, Luck's going to win one. That's what I think is the craziest yeah, I, part about last night. No,
2: that see. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, this is a guy who we've just been waiting to become one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time.
0: Yeah, like rattle off some MVPs, win a couple Super Bowls. Uh,
2: the perfect prospect, John.
0: Yeah. I mean, he he was the perfect prospect. Then he kind of lived up to it, right? Because his first three years, I, I saw someone tweet last night that it's rare we talk about it a lot and we throw this out like, can the quarterback put his team on his back and just carry them? People are like, well, we all witnessed luck to it three straight years, like double-digit wins every year. I and mean, you can say the division was down, whatever you want. Motherfucker carried a group of relatively average players. The worst GM, you could argue, in NFL history. The head coach, who seems like a really nice guy. Probably not a good head coach. Good defensive coordinator. Not a good head coach. And willed them. Like, the best coach Luck ever had in Indy, before Frank, we'll see. But this guy's better than Frank as we sit here right now. Arians left a year in. And Luck just carried the franchise. First year playoffs after the number one pick. They didn't win. They didn't win a playoff game. Second year playoffs again they win a playoff game third year he wins two playoff games guy and had one historic that game against the Chiefs I mean just, the guy was just a legend I mean I don't think there's any way around it he's just in his short period of time yeah,
2: it was I would say I would say everything everybody that thought he was going to be one of the greats only felt encouraged after watching the early part of his career that they were right let's say, myself included. I'd
0: say the last 15 years whenever probably a little more than that was 16 the three most hyped players coming into a draft had been lebron james, bryce harper, and andrew luck lebron's probably the most unique just cuz the hype on him in high school and he exceeded everything and became second or third best player ever harper for baseball clearly was on a different level than every other prospect now talent wise maybe he's not the best but just the hype and luck for football for sure right I mean, I, I think it was, you could, universally, everyone would agree. The suck for luck things, the best prospects since Elway. Like, that that was never getting thrown out before, and it hasn't even been sniffed after. That you go, all three lived up. LeBron's the best case. Luck has probably been better than Harper. You know, just like super tangible on the field stuff. Now it's harder baseball to pair, like compare it. It's tough,
2: too, because Bryce... Bryce had a season that was one of the greatest seasons in baseball history. Yeah,
0: and luck, and luck had just some fantastic seasons too. But bottom line, like they all three hit. All three were massive swings. Like LeBron's a walk-off, grand slam, game seven of the World Series. Bryce is probably like a standing triple. You would have called Luck like a home run, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, he only made it till 29. It's not all of his fault but everyone would argue he was elite. But there was kind of a polarizing group of people that kind of thought he was a little overhyped. Now, is it race because he's white? I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people on Twitter, guy, always felt for like a five-year period he was an overhyped player. Yeah. There, there is like that. That, that's not made up, right? That, is that fair to bring that up? That there were a strong group of people in football that just thought the the hype was a little strong once he got to the NFL.
2: Which, yeah, that he had not that that because he threw. A and lot I of think picks. a lot of it. I think a lot of it was Cam versus Andrew because Cam won a Super Bowl and won an MVP, and so it became. He didn't win a Super Bowl. Well, I'm sorry, went to a Super Bowl. And I I think
0: Russ, people, Russ did win the Super Bowl. It was those three guys, and that's that's what I'm saying. The race element. I always felt like it was Cam versus Andrew. See, I thought it was was I thought it was a lot of Russ versus Andrew too, but the argument from the luck people were like. Do you understand how much better Luck? And there was RG3 because he won the rookie of the year over. I'm telling you, there's a huge race component on this. Like, I'm sorry. No one's propping him up because he's white. He's just one of the best players we've all ever seen. RG3 won the rookie of the year. They ran a fake offense. And then when they tried to run a normal offense, he got his fucking brains beat in. And Cam Newton and Russell West and Russell Wilson are elite players. Like, at the end of the day, Cam wins the Super Bowl. I, I'm kind of coming around a little bit on Cam. And Russell Wilson, you know what he did after about year five? He became an Andrew Luck level player. I think the last couple of years we've seen Russell Wilson, to me, has become one of the all-time great players. Like, I have no problem arguing that. But the first four or five years, he was not that guy. Like He transformed. Well,
2: what, yeah, what he was not early, which is what Cam and Andrew were, were what you originally said, which is the quarterback who really can't. Now, but Cam was more hit or Cam miss. Cam had a defense.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I know.
2: But just at their best, they put the team on their back. Now, like I said, Cam did have a defense. Well, they, but And that
0: was the argument for Luck, too. They both had defenses. No
2: at their best, though, Cam and Andrew, I thought, put teams on their back.
0: 100%. Uh, and I think
2: Russ can do that now. I Yeah, I agree. But I don't think that, like, when he was winning, like when they were in the postseason really winning, that's not what it is. I, I think it's really special
0: when you take it to look back. All three. But Cam and Luck were forces of nature. Yeah. And I, you could even say what Russell is now – when you take a step back, all three guys are pretty special to the sport. Like, they are... Two of them
2: are. One of them was.
0: One of them was.
2: Are you convinced he's never coming back?
0: Well, I think in the back of his mind, because that's, that's another narrative, that, like, part of the reason you give him money... I got news for everyone. The part of the reason anyone gives anyone money is because there's expectations. Unless it's your parents, or, like, you're giving it to your wife. And even then, you could argue there's some expectations of some other shit. So, it's, like, this notion of, like, it's just... No one does just gives money for the good of themselves. That's not how the world works. So, yeah, did Ursay let him keep the bonus? Maybe because he's hoping he comes back. Of course. Welcome to America. Two, is there a chance that they really like him? They know that he got his ass kicked. That's part of it. But I I think if they've been around Andrew pretty long, I don't think he would have just randomly done this. I think he's a broken man right now. A broken man. Now, sometimes when you're a broken man... It's one thing if you're a broken man when you're like 60 or 70, it's like, like by the end of my dad's life, he just had had enough. Like it it was just kind of tapped. It was, it was done, you know? But when you're a broken man, when you're 30 or 40 or you still have a lot left in your life, it's easy to battle back. Now at certain times in your life, it takes longer. Like maybe you take a six month break, maybe you quit your job for a little while, but it's easier to kind of like get your fire back, right? Recharge the batteries. Well, he is 29, but the problem for recharging his batteries at the end of the day in the back of his mind, if he always goes, well, my body's going to let me down. So even if I do feel fresh in a year, he'll always have to me like, well, if I roll my ankles, just gonna, am I going to be out six weeks? And that to me is the curveball on this. Like I, I think Willis is a good example, and I think a lot of the guys that have retired, let's just use those two recent memory. I don't think Andrew Luck or Patrick Willis ever played for money. Like, they made a lot of money, and they became Hall of Fame-level players, and Willis probably a little closer. But, like, the, the way they played on Sunday and worked and approached the sport had nothing to do with cash. And I always believe the best players, like the two best athletes of my lifetime, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods, when you got them in their element, it wasn't about the cash. Now, they made the most cash, but they played to win. And I think a lot of guys, like, when I saw that clip of Michael Irvin going ape shit before the Miami game... You know what that guy, like what differentiated him from, because he was never the fastest guy. Like what that, that, that passion and that, like Michael Irvin did not play football for the money. Now he liked the money and liked everything that came with it. When you have a guy who's not driven by money, they are a little bit of a wild card in life. Like I, I, I'm a little dependent on money, but I've never been driven by money. I don't think you are either. Like I, I don't think about now I'm dependent on it to live and you need it. But once you get to a point, If I got to a point where I was making... just i probably never make their money, but let's just say a couple million dollars a year and doing it four or five years, and I became unhappy, or just any person that is not driven by money, they are a wild card to be like, fuck it, I can just go do something else. And that factored in... I'm not smart, so my options are limited. That's what makes Andrew the ultimate wild card is because he's a genius. I mean, he's literally... And I told you this back when I was scouting. I'm like, I'm telling you, bro. You go around Stanford, you talk to the guys you just around the program, it's a little different. Like they're just a little more worldly because they literally are 4.0 students in high school usually and the elite football players. Like De La Salle played St. Thomas Aquinas. The wide receiver who I swore to God looks like Randy Moss is going to Georgia. I would imagine he's not a 4.0 student. Now he might be, but I'd say the likelihood, you know, he might not be that smart. And you know what? It doesn't matter. He'll probably go on to be an NFL guy one day and make millions. But his options, why a lot of people play football... Is because that's by far their best option to make a lot of cash. Like, Andrew Luck, one, he's not driven by the money, and two, he realized like, I can do other shit. You don't... Were you going to go work for an architectural engineer company? No, I'll start my own. (laughs) Right? Because now I have the money to do it. Like, I just think that's where... I don't know if he's ever coming back. Because he's not... Like, Patrick... Why would Patrick Willis never come back? Because he legitimately quit because his feet were fucked up. Money means nothing to him. He loves playing football, and he hates not being himself. I'm not
2: pretending to, like, how could I have a guess as to whether or not Luck comes back, right, with, like, any real accuracy? Because he is really young. Like, Willis was a little older, I think. I'd be surprised if he's back. But it's just, you. any time a decision is made, like, with a lot of emotion,
0: it's just hard. You just don't know. And and that's where I got at the beginning of that kind of rant was he is young enough where if he does love the game, which I think everyone says he does— that you start second-guessing in a couple years. Well, I
2: think it's also like, has he been thinking about this one for three years, or has he been thinking about this one for three months?
0: He said it never truly cost his mind in a serious manner till about a week and a half ago, and I think so. Like, his ankles got that, really say, bad. Yeah,
1: He's pretty but, emotional. But
2: so when you hear that, yeah, there's a lot of emotion in a dark place, whatever he but is. But he's smart enough to this,
0: realize, wouldn't you say, the magnitude of this decision.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I'm just saying when a decision's made with emotion— certainly somebody has the ability can change their mind. The question is just with, some, with a guy that has that many options, and this is why, and I don't ever get mad at like anonymous scouts when they say, well, the guy that's a Rhodes Scholar, that kind of scares the scouts off a little because they don't know after two years of football, is he just going to decide you know, I'll just go do this other thing. And people always get so mad. like, How can you hate a guy for wanting to be a doctor? How dare you take Bryce Love for wanting to be a doctor? It's like, look, I'm just trying to build a football team. <laughs> So whatever, it, I, I, like ideally all my guys need this because I need them yeah. to need this. Because if you don't play like you need it, you're not going to be good but, for it. Uh, and on
0: the most basic element so, guy, if, like a, if a company pays someone, let's say a, a high salary for a company is a place like, I'm giving you $800,000, would be the equivalent of like an NFL player, you know, let's say making like $5 million. That's a lot of money you're making $800,000 to be like my manager of something. So I value you highly. I'm paying you a shitload of money. I hope that like you take the job very fucking seriously, right? If I if I have two positions and I'm paying $800,000, I'm going to want that guy to be pretty invested 24-7 in whatever the business is. Like that's just, to me, that's welcome to capitalism. Welcome to the way our society works. If I pay you a lot of money, I, ex- like, I, I can't expect the the driver that I'm paying fifty grand to just quit on me, like I, whatever, well that
2: happens. Well, yeah, but but I think the thing people always miss, it, or that sometimes gets missed, is teams don't not want players who want to be doctors. It's just a guy that wants to be a doctor. Teams wonder, is he all in on football? So it's not that like, oh, you 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 don't want a guy smart enough to be a doctor? No, no, no. It's not that. It's just I don't want a guy that has another dream. <laughs> that might be bigger than football because i need him to want to, because the and here's the other part of it because the game is so freaking brutal you need to really want to do it otherwise you will say i don't want why am i doing this and that gets this and that gets back awful. to the
0: most basic level of why this happened is because of the position he was put in as a younger player to get killed and i, I one thing i thought last night my my overall takeaway was this is a sport, not not a real life tragedy. We we know what those are. We see them all the time. And if you're a human, you get you know moved by all the shit that's happening in the real world. I don't take sports that seriously, though. I'm very financially invested, and I tr- obviously love it. And so do you, and so do people listening. Care a lot about sports, but right. I think we can we understand. Like it, Luck didn't die yesterday, but yesterday was a sports. Tr- if he's truly gone forever, is a sports tragedy. And just like you could say, yeah, you know, that's where I, I'm looking at an injury sports. People will tell you, uh, Bill Walton, uh, Terrell Davis, remember when he fucked up his knee and he had, had like three straight, I mean, the guy made it the hall of fame guy, basically have three straight seasons, a sports tragedy happened that you would say was out of luck's control, you know, cause as you, as you sent me that video of him talking to Pagano about going back in the game and just the stories that came out of like, just how played play with a lacerated kidney, of just the the injury, the injury, and watching him talk last night, and just how, just how worn down he was for rehab of injuries that just won't go away, that just the pain won't go away. It's shifts from a, a calf to an ankle to a high ankle sprain. Like I didn't even roll my ankle. What is going on? You just, it it it, it, it made him crack. And you know I, I I put it I put it fully on this Colts organization, not the, not the two guys running it now. They didn't have anything to do with it. But uh, Pagano, not as much Pagano because I know what was happening. Ryan Grixon was in control of the organization. Like, people, I know a lot of people were tweeting about it. And I was thinking, like, is this mean It no, he fucking created this. And ca- it was a huge cause of this situation. Like, that, can that be denied, guy? Because I'm like, God, am I just kicking a dead horse? Like, no. The guy just retired! One of the best players, most talented prospects we've ever seen, who turned out to be fucking sweet at a position... Where it's really like, yeah, you know, Jimmy might be good. He might not be. I hope Derek bounces back. I mean, we hype up a lot of guys that never... Like, Luck was sweet from day one. I mean, was a badass. And now he's gone because of injuries. He lost his love of the game because his body was injured. I I, I don't think how, like... It was one guy's... One guy bears most of the blame. and, And I've come to grips with, like, am I being mean? And just, no. The guy... One, because... The, the the a lot of people ask me like why you know what's up with this Ryan Grixon because some people don't even you know it's now years away people, if you're ca- if you're casual following the league and you're not following the Colts you don't quite know who it is. I think I don't
2: I think if you're even kind of hardcore you'd be like what what's the deal with the – Yeah I mean you know but I he's mean? been
0: like, he's, he's been called out by countless former players of being a bad guy I can attest he's just he was just not a good person to be around and then he was but the most important thing was guy. In his career, is he was terrible at his job, and when he got the job with the Colts, now he's friends with Howie, and you know I'm trying to get Howie on three and out podcast, and I can't get him to commit, and he maybe he's mad because of shit I've said about Ryan over the years, even though I'm friends with him or whatever, but I could see where you know it's like Ryan's one of his good buddies, and people I know Coach Reed likes Ryan, like a, people like him. Uh, I just know the people, the underlings that actually saw his work and really dealt with him laughed when he got the job. I mean it was a laughable, guy. Uh, serious in a in a in a in a world where it's like if you're around high level people you're like I gotta get job you understand it it was laughable I, I swear to God guy I can't even emphasize it enough the looks we all had when even when he interviewed because people forget when the Colts job came open and Polian was let go after they went two and fourteen it was like they got the number one pick and Andrew Lux the quarterback Andrew right. Lux the quarterback. Cor- and Peyton at the time it, it, he we didn't know if his career was over, but it was clear. Like you're just going with luck and sh- paying your kind of shit out of luck. It was one of the best jobs, probably in recent memory in all of sports. Like it was to me, it's better than like Zion. It was can't miss, and and and, and Ryan Gregory got the job. It, it, it was, and then his, his career resume spoke for itself. And he'll he'll probably tell you, well, we won a bunch of games, yeah, because because the guy that you landed at home played on, that all your other picks missed, and he got killed because of it. It's it's sad. It's a sports tragedy. I, I really believe Well,
2: that. I mean, you think of all the guy you talk to football players in particular quarterbacks, and they'll tell you just how franchise dependent a quarterback's career can often be. You know? Now maybe some guys just elevate like doesn't mean great players can't elevate franchises. Andrew did. But we always talk about that in the context of like the team you going to a good franchise determines whether or not you'll have success. What's crazy is Andrew was so good. They had success. It was just he couldn't maintain the longevity because his body got annihilated over the court. Just got killed.
0: Someone Um, tweeted at me today. They said, like, his greatest strength in a lot of, like, I think Rivers really has this, and he's, for the most part, been able to be healthy, is being able to stand in the pocket and deliver strikes as you're getting killed. I mean, that's one mm -hmm. of the things the Luck did so well, Right would just stand there and wait for that last second to get you open, and he'd just make the throws that, like, I'm sorry, like, Jimmy and Derek, for example, just don't do. <laughs> like, he maybe he just looks different because he's taller, but he just sits there as he's getting destroyed, following through, and you're just like, that. That is, that is the NFL right there. And he did that so many times, partly because his offensive line was so bad, he was just doing it on most throws, and that's just the way he played naturally, that it killed him. And, yeah, Looking back, I was hard on Ballard for taking Quentin Nelson. But it's, you could argue it was the only ch- decision he could make. It was a camp yeah. guard. They were desperate offensive line. He had to double down. Like that, his whole franchise was on the line, right? I, 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 yep. I might be dumb, like, well, just using common sense. Yeah, I don't like taking a guard in the top ten, even if he's a Hall of Famer. But if, if you're, that's your quarterback, given his injury situation, you, you would have been, you could argue, negligent not. Right.
2: Well, you could argue, regardless of your quarterback situation, you know, we, I always laugh. We always laugh about how I, any first round offensive lineman, I'm like, oh, what are we doing? But if you're not protecting your quarterback, then what are you doing? Like, it's, it was the right pick for Andrew, and it was the right pick if you don't have Andrew. Because if you don't have Andrew, now you really got to protect the guy because he's, he might not be as good. But, so but I do think you right could pick. play
0: this game all day long. Like, you couldn't well, you no argue like just... the Chiefs, instead of trading their first rounder for Frank Clark, should have drafted an offensive lineman at the end of the first? You, you could, b- yeah, you could, but you'd say, well, just
2: given the point in his career, Mahomes seems pretty ready to like handle some more stuff on his own,
0: avoids hits in the pocket, that sort of thing. Better team around him. The argument would be like Seattle. What are you doing taking a first round running back when your quarterback's running for his life? Do you know? And no. if the Colts end up drafting no, they would a quarterback say, We're in the first round next year?
2: Yeah, if the Colts end up drafting a quarterback in the first round next year, they'll be better off because they took the guard that they took.
0: Well, I, I think they are dramatically better off with Jacoby because of the way they approached it. Right? Yeah.
2: I yeah. It's but when are you ever not dramatically better? Like just thinking about it, it's obvious. But when are you ever not dramatically better off when your offensive line is really good?
0: I think the crazier part about a retirement or when a guy you know quits or walks away or just no more sport than it is like. Because remember how crazy it was when the news broke. Mac has been traded, or Russell Westbrook has been traded for Chris Paul. Like nothing really ends. It just guys change teams. I think whenever something becomes finite, like that dude is done. It's, especially when a young, it's a younger player, the reaction in your inside your body is a little like to me. When a big trade happens, it's more excitement. And this one is just you're kind of. It's like a bittersweet. Like what? it's more of a jaw-dropper in a shocked way, in, like, a, almost a sad way than it is when, you know, just some bum Gardner gets traded for Aaron Judge or something, you know? That would have been a sweet trade, but <laughs> see where my allegiance yeah, wow. is. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just looking at the Giants. just about to take the trophy back, but... Farza, <laughs> uh yeah. Um,
2: you know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, yeah.
2: Because, you know, like... Wouldn't you say one of the biggest... Well, what's the movie... You know what movie I was watching the other day? is. Um, uh, I just assumed it would come to me. Um, a Bronx Story? A Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale? Yeah, it's a good one. And, Worst thing in life uh, is Wasted Talent? That's right.
0: one of my favorite Now, it's one of is my Andrew like Wasted
2: Talent? Andrew's not Wasted Talent, but he's unrealized potential.
0: Yeah, see, to me, Wasted Talent is when a guy screws around. When it's self yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm
2: not saying... Un, I'm saying I'm changing... Waste of talent and calling it unrealized potential. Yeah. It, it, to no fault of his well,
0: own. That, that is the thing with sports. Sometimes injuries just ruin people's careers. What could have been? and uh, You know, Bill Walton. Uh, happens. It does happen a lot in the NBA. It happens a lot. Yeah, it used to happen more, right, when just a knee injury was just the end of your career. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's happened a handful of times in the NBA over the last 20 years, right? Brandon, well, Brandon John, Roy, Derrick Rose. Uh, Amari Stoudemire's career just ends you know, Brandon Roy's a great one, yeah. But, I, but I'd but i say the difference is I was listening to a podcast, maybe with like Russillo or something a while back. Maybe it was like Russillo and 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 Bill during like the NBA season. And Simmons was like, well, if you talk to people in the NBA, he was red, medically red flag coming out of college. So like the degenerate knee and existed. Andrew Luck came into this league, I mean, the equivalent of like a runway model in her prime. Like he was 6'5", 230, just Never been injured. Was just a tank, genius. He he was just awesome. Led led this led this academic elite program that was never that good at football to a fucking BCS game. Like this guy's a machine. I mean, say what you want. Is, he kind of put. This... Did he put Harbaugh on the map?
2: Yeah. They all. I mean, look, Stanford as it turns out was built for more than just what Andrew Luck brought them, but. He, Do they he, get there without injury? Was he, was he the
0: uh, he was the tipping point? If it was a Malcolm Gladwell book, right? No, well,
2: yeah, I'd say it was the tipping point. But remember, like their forty-one point underdog upset of SC. Larkin. That was Tavita Pritchard. Yeah, was the quarterback.
0: Where, I think you would say that was the tipping point when people were like, oh, it's on, or like, these yeah. guys are coming, and then you insert him the next year and they go eight and five.
2: Uh, is it about to happen with Todd Gurley? Is that what we're watching? Like, I don't know.
0: Well, it's, it's hard to tell with other positions that can keep kind of. To me, when you can kind of come in and out of a game, that's the thing about quarterback or like a pitcher or even a basketball player, you can play hit and miss minutes. Like if you're the quarterback, there's no rotating. (laughs) Like you're either in or you're out, right? There's no, you know, when a game happens, like Amari Cooper right now, this plantar fasciitis, it turns out it's not plantar fasciitis. It's like this, it's actually something lesser that, you know, I'm starting to think, like, Mario's a little soft, so let's just call it what it is. <laughs> but whatever it is, he can play, he can't play. But let's just say he's not 100% by week one, but he's 95%. He can just play a role. Where the quarterback, you're either starting quarterback or I'm I'm fucking leaving you in street clothes. There's no, I guess every once in a while it happens where it's like, he's the emergency guy or he's the backup, but they don't really want to play him. They're hoping the, start, the backup doesn't get hurt because the starter, who is hurt, isn't really able to play, but he's in pads to like kind of rally the troops. You know, it felt like luck wasn't even at that point. So, uh, it just—it's hard with a quarterback. Once you're once you're screwed physically, you're you're done because I, ca- I can't use you halfway. That's why I think it's been so frustrating about this whole preseason. Guy, he doesn't practice. He doesn't do anything. So they they, they haven't had him
2: yeah uh you know you made me think of though was uh was Tim Lincecum like that's a career that I thought in its prime he, you like, called that him a hall of famer should, guy should he should have been should have been Johnny. you said he was in he at one been. on one can't day be. he can't be yeah that was a uh sports talk live that I was not hosting I was a panelist We said some things he had just he had just pitched like a great game we'd come right on after Giants postgame Greg Papa start yelling. Well, at me. What, one reason um, why
0: he's not a Hall of Famer is when you look at the guy with short lived careers, like Terrell Davis. Want the, you got to probably win a Super Bowl,
2: right? Well, and his career is even shorter. Like his prime was even like when you go look at Tim's prime, yeah. it's not.
0: But I'm even comparing him to the other like football guys that recently got in. The two would be Kurt Warner and uh, and Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis is Elway, and all those guys would say, well, we won two Super Bowls. He was the best player on our team. Like, John Elway. I'm yeah. John Elway. I was no longer the best player. It was him. And then you ask every other player. They're like, yeah, Terrell Davis was the best player. And then you go to Kurt right. Warner. You're right. like, what'd Kurt Warner do? Well, he only had like four or five elite years, but he won a Super Bowl and he went to another. So it's like, yeah. I, I, and I, I support both those picks. Like, I'm always in favor of those guys over, like, the tie loss. Like, I, they were the elite of the elite. Like, that's... And I... And I I think Luck was close, but I, I, in a perfect world, his Hall of Fame career was kind of about to start. Right, these next four or five years was when he could cement it—an MVP. The things that even just if he never won inarguable. a Super Bowl, he got to a couple. It would have been a no-brainer. Yeah, the things that make because like it is is actually let's tell the people about something, and then I'll I uh, got one for you. Well, are we done with Luck? Uh, well, okay, I'll just end on this then before we tell the people. Well, no, I, th- th- I think there's one,
2: one more part of the luck story to get to. But we, l- let's finish. get
0: back to it when we come back from uh, talking about our friends at Box of Awesome.
2: Okay. Boxofawesome.com. Promo code HAM. You just got another box. I've got, I checked, uh, I've got another one on the way. Constantly on the go. That's Haberman Middlecoff, and that's you. <sighs> Grinding away at the oh, office. Oh. Hanging out with friends. Stick and move. Counts as being on the go. Not much time to think about upgrading your style of your apartment. That's why I love getting a new box of awesome. I don't even know what's coming to me um, in my box of awesome this month.
0: Well, guy, I got uh, I just got the whiskey distiller that you put some whiskey oh, yeah. in there. It's pretty yep, sweet. I got, I got an time. awesome little day bag that I've used multiple times. Again, you just go to boxofawesome.com. You search around, and they just got a ton of cool shit that you can look at then order. And with to receive 20% off your first subscription of Box of Awesome, go to boxofawesome.com, enter the promo code HAM at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code HAM, promo code HAM, H-A-M, for 20% off your first box. Go do it, guy. And
2: unlike me, who hasn't checked what I've got coming to you, you actually get to know. So you might be looking for... Um like John said, maybe looking for a little uh, little whiskey distillery, a little in home, little bag, well, you, clothes, whatever. Each the box is fifty dollars,
0: st- under fifty bucks,
2: but it's got seventy bucks worth of unique gear waiting inside for you. But you, what happens is you get an email ahead of time that tells you what's in the box, and then you have five days to change colors or sizes if it's clothes, or add something else to the box. Uh, and if you're not feeling the stuff that's in that mo- that month's box, you just skip it. So you're not tied to anything. You. You end up you don't even get the stuff you don't you don't even get anything that you don't want. You just go on the internet, you go to the website, and you see what's coming. So there's all kinds of different stuff, limited edition cigars, all that, uh, and you'll know ahead of time. So it's great. Receive twenty percent off your first subscription box, like John said. Boxofawesome.com. Enter the promo code Ham at checkout for twenty percent off. All right, your 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 thought.
0: Well, Russell Wilson's head of the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty confident on that one. Right, yeah. won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's he's going to rattle off the previous two years and probably a couple more where it's going to be an easy one. Cam Newton, probably closer in luck right now, right? Is Cam yeah. if it ended today, Cam Newton's not a Hall of Famer, right? Right. But he's probably closer in luck cuz he's accomplished. He won an MVP. I, I do feel like he's do you feel
2: like he's on his way? I feel
0: like he's on his way. Like the only thing that can hold him back now are injuries and as we saw, he got injured in the last preseason game. Uh, the difference between luck and can't Like, to me, Russell Wilson, he can retire tomorrow. I'm putting him in. <laughs> I just, I am. He went to multiple mm-hmm. Super Bowls, 1-1. I think he's probably going to win MVP. Well, he's going to need a, his, I don't know if his offensive weapons are quite good enough right now. Maybe they improve the next couple years. But it wouldn't shock you, right, if Russell Wilson ended his career with an MVP, like at 33, 34, whatever.
2: It would not, but I am in total agreement. It's he gotta get a little more didn't. challenging
0: when you take a step back and think about it. But he's all of famer. He's all of famer. Cam he just has to be closer in luck because he has an MVP, which is a big deal. I mean that's in his MVP season he was unreal. And he he went to the Super Bowl. So I mean that's just more than luck did. I mean Luck got to the F C championship one game once and got his ass kicked after Gregson You know, turned but, in Belichick. But look at
2: I hadn't really thought about it, John. Looking at him. He does have quite a bit of work to do.
0: But I'm saying he's got two things on his resume that Andrew doesn't have. So I, I would no, just... no,
2: no no doubt, no doubt. I'm just, I, I my initial reaction was he's closer than pro, my, I thought he's closer than he might actually be. I mean, John, he's had this is his career year by year, six and ten, seven and nine, 12 and four, five and eight, 15 and one, six and eight, 11 and five, six and eight. There's three double-digit winning seasons so far.
0: Um, the last, he's
2: thrown more than 30 touchdowns once. I'm
0: trying to look at his playoff wins. He, he's played at seven postseason games. How many has he won? He is, uh, three and four.
2: One and where's the, yeah, three and four.
0: So yeah. I mean, he's got work to do. Him and Locke had a lot of work to do, but both of them, if they'd stayed healthy another four or five years, to me, they're going to be pretty easy ones. Yeah. Cam's
2: only 30, yeah.
0: so. So I, I I don't think Luck's not going Cam on the fence right now but controls own destiny Russell already in that, that's what's crazy what, those and, three guys yeah. though the one thing you'd say at the end of the day if you are an opposing fan or an opposing team if you're playing any one of those three guys over the last five years in a big game you're fucking nervous right <laughs> like you like if I, if I'm playing. How many, like, if I'm playing Sam Darnold right now, am I nervous? Well, he hasn't done enough to prove to me. If I'm playing Kirk Cousins right now, am I nervous? No, not really. If I'm playing, you know, Dak Prescott, am I nervous? Kind of. Like, if I'm paying, if I'm playing, yeah, Jimmy, we'll see. Like, Derek. Mahomes? Yes. Mahomes, you're terrified right now. If you're playing Derek Carr, is the average fan nervous? No, they're just not. Now, he can. Brady? Yes. Tom? Hell yeah. Rivers? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just. Deshaun? Yeah, I think he's close to that. You know, Baker, it, to me, that's an unknown, but that, that's a bit like when I first say your name, oh, you're playing Russell Wilson this week. Well, better fucking play good. You know, or you're pl- like Mahomes is the guy right now where it's like, you're playing Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Like He's coming and they're coming. They're trying to throw up 50. Uh, it's, it's sad. I, I just, I watched the press conference last night and was kind of gutted for him. I, I really was. I, I just, it sucks. And I don't blame him. I mean, it's not—it's just not his fault. Um,
2: I think we, you and I have both... Well, and here's the last thing I'll say about him. When I watched him, I thought I was watching a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Who won't be in the Hall of Famer? No. Um, okay. Now, you and I have both let, let, left it all on the field when it comes to tweeting about booing fans. But I do feel like we tweeted about it so much that anyone that follows us on Twitter or Instagram that came to the podcast wants to hear some of it. We should, I don't want to, I don't want to, I've just, I went through in the last 20, not even 24 hours, John, like 15 hours uh, leading up to this podcast. Like I just went through the whole cycle and I know you did too. Um, So here's where I stand. Booing Andrew Luck is stupid. It's okay to say that it was stupid, but it's the same exact take as the few fans in Toronto that booed Kevin Durant. Those people are stupid. I don't need the mob. A little different, though. People, a little different
0: because it's an opposing player.
2: Yeah, okay. But my point is, it was inappropriate, and the mob needed to tell them how inappropriate it was. And my point is, A, there aren't the people who booed Andrew Luck. There's not that many of them. So whatever. We don't need to yell at them. And B, that thing was really, like, that was so in the moment, so visceral. Of course, if I was sitting there and didn't know anything, I would think, no, I'm not booing. But
0: whatever, the league but, is built on people but, that have emotional reactions. But if Guy Haberman That's was what just you need. a season ticket holder and your yes. best player retires that you find out with like the third quarter of a preseason game and you look and he's standing there in street clothes, you, you might you might just boo. You might be freaked out. You don't know. You,
2: you, you might boo and that'd be stupid and I would hope you'd regret it the next day. And maybe you're drinking a little bit too. Well, yeah, probably. But, but I don't need everybody telling them how stupid they are and I don't think it's good business and I don't actually at the end of my whole Twitter thing I don't even think maybe not that many. Maybe the majority of people weren't telling them they were stupid. Most people just ignored it because we all agree 100 people in a stadium or 300 people, however many, is a vast minority if they were booing. And maybe some of them, I would guess, would regret it. But at the end, I don't get why we have to spend so much time, and here I am spending time on it, telling people how bad it is when they boo players who are hurt or boo players who are retiring because the fact is most people aren't doing it anyway. So I, I went full circle. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think you – Talk for most people probably listen to this. Like, of course, like people have bad moments. Most people, he's the second best player probably in the history of their lives since they've been there, uh, and they feel bad today because once they, how many people in Indianapolis? Guy, when I was watching the Luck press conference, you, I, I watch a lot of press conferences on Periscope just during the day. I follow a lot of teams; it'll pop up. I'd say the average press conference for like Eagles, I'm talking the Cowboys, you name it, is like. A grand, sometimes fifteen hundred people. You know, during a day, a night, whenever watching. At one point in time last night, I looked down. Andrew Luck was talking. Thirty-five thousand people were watching. Thirty-five thousand people were watching Luck talk, and it, it almost got up to forty. So a shit at once, at once, at one moment. And think about it in, in Indy. Him talking. I mean, you're talking like eleven o'clock at night, maybe or ten. I mean, it was late for them. I think. Are they on East Coast? They might be on East Coast time. I mean, it's late. So. A lot of people are finding this information out on the team, let alone the fans. No one has any clue what's going on. So I'm with you, fans. But this notion, like, listen, everyone in the media, and it's really starting to drive me nuts. And maybe I feel it more doing what we do more now and the way, having just bought tickets to games. Like, hey, guys, this shit's really expensive. Fans pay literally for everything. One thing is starting to bother me, though, and the victimhood that players then used to make it, like, symbolize more, they, they love you until they don't. Well, yeah. This is sports, so a a team, and I heard a great quote the other day. Eagles Cowboys is going to be sold out this year whether Zeke's there or not, and in ten years it's going to be sold out whether Carson Wentz and Dak are still there or not. This shit's been going on forever with or without like the group of players. New players will come and will Michael Jordan left and Kobe came, Kobe left, LeBron came, Steph came, and Zion will come. Uh, Andrew Luck will come and go, and Mahomes will come. Like welcome to sports. So they they love you. Yeah, they don't love you in perpetuity. You know, Not just every player just gets perpetuity love. You're not their children. This is a conditional well, relationship, guy. You are paying, and, and these players now, because of how much money they make, I don't know, maybe it's because we hear them talk now because of Twitter, I don't know if there's ever been more out of touch with the player to understand, like, yeah, the fans are fucking nuts, and I, you're not going to find me at many games, but I do respect, and, and you, this is what you're saying, the passion, the love they have for the sports is what makes this thing go and is what makes guy that, that sound that goes cha-ching happen. No question. No question. And, uh, so most fans, most fans, they want to like you,
2: right? They, they, well, well, but, but keep in mind, John, why do they love you to begin with? Cause you're Cause, good. Cause you're a good dude. No, no, no. Well, but,
0: but guy, well, who are the most popular players? The good ones. why do the, the teams best one? And the, fa- <laughs> do you know who never complains? The, the, the fans, when the team gets rid of a shithead or a bad player, they never do. The, do you know what the problem is with players? And you hear, like, I think Charles Barkley talks about this perfectly. He's like, you notice no one ever gets mad at me when I'm blowing them on TV? When I'm saying how great of a player they are? They only get mad when they don't like what they're hearing. I, I see the same thing. Like, Middlecoff Raider fans hate you. No. There's a group of people on Twitter that get very angry when I tell them, yeah, the Raiders fucked up in Canada. Like, I, I didn't make that story up. It happened. So the, no one ever gets mad when it's like, it's 2016 and Haberman and Middlecoff are back. Is Derek Carr going to win the MVP? Is is uh, are Karen Amari going to the Hall of Fame? You know, it's, uh, keep talking about the Raiders. I love you guys. Hell yeah. Well, but this is where I go back
2: to. Maybe all, you know, the the, the 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 vocal minority, the minority is the vocal group is always the minority group, right? I remember in radio what did we like of the people that listen, like, less than 10% of those people actually ever call
0: a radio show. So just right? because you're calling so the calls. To calls. Yeah. I think Twitter's the same thing a, now for podcasts.
2: Yeah, so A, just because you get a bunch of calls doesn't mean you're doing a good job. But also B, the people that call will probably have a certain opinion, which will be a, a black one or a white one, right? Like, it's going to be extreme because they call. Not talking, not talking
0: race there, just talking size.
2: Right, most people don't call to be like, you know, let's just see how it plays out. Yeah. Like, uh, Because that person's not fired up. Well, most people who are Raider fans who listen to this podcast know, like, yeah, you guys are. I, if you listened five years ago, three years ago, then you know that we were pro Raiders. And we, if you listen when Levi Stadium opened, you know, we we're anti the 49ers field. Like, things change. They got the grass figured out. We don't make fun of the grass anymore. It's really simple.
0: Uh, I, I think these players, so, though, you know, because of the money, and maybe they've always thought like this. And maybe well, it's Twitter I, that is like the victimhood guy. It just, it I, just tell you does what not I play is. in society, the richest people playing the victim. Like, we're seeing this happen in society, yet the athletes are doing it. And my biggest issue is not I get kind of where the athletes live in a bubble. It's the media who makes way less, but still does pretty well, especially certain ones, because of the fans kind of always getting their sides and never going, well, there is some yeah, media Look. Here.
2: I, I there's definitely medium. I feel like nothing sports is just part of it happens in the medium world right now. Um, but I had to kind of take a step back and go, it was most of the meat. Cause I was kind of, you know, when I was making fun of people, uh, chastising the people that booed, because again, this is where you can't say, I can't say the booing is stupid. We all know that let's move on. Cause nobody says that the, the, it becomes like, let's tell these people how terrible they are. Um, but I think part of the reason that the, the athletes, you used to just get booed in the stadium when you went 0-4-4, and then you got in your car and you went home. And as long as you didn't listen to sports talk, no one, you didn't hear it, right? Like, don't, don't read it. Don't listen. Well, now people are directly, because of social media, able to tell you how great you are. They're also able, you can get in your mentions, and there's 500 people in your mentions, or 500,000, depending on your story, telling you that you suck. Or well, I, 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 got you an- or I got another one. So I get, my point is, it gets very personal. So I understand why... I understand how God, how athletes can somehow end up in that place because I think it does get very personal for them. You don't hear from all the people that just feel like, "Yeah, you're cool. You're you're
0: you're, you're not a failure as well, a human." You know what else? Like, you would never talk to like them like that in real life. Well, yeah, this isn't real life. This is Twitter. You would never have started off by calling me an idiot, right? We would just would have had a normal conversation. Like, I'm at the gym yesterday. Dude walks by. Never met him. I forget well, John, his name. Sorry, James. And it, he goes, "You know what? He just he, he just he just walks by and he goes." Really liked your article on the Raiders the other day. But, like, let's just say he was a fan. Like, we might have had... If he was on Twitter, there might have been a time when he just goes, fuck you, Middlecoff, and I respond like, fuck you, you clown. We ne- but in real life, like, that's that would never... Ha- we just want to talk normally. Just like when an athlete struggles and I boo him. Well, if I see Bryce, or I walk... But I, maybe I'm a bad example. If I walk by Draymond Green after I'm watching a Warriors game and Draymond plays pretty shitty... And I just cross him down the street. I might just go, hey, what's up, Draymond? Like, we just might have – and he'd be like, hey. We just keep on walking. Like, we just probably have a normal interaction. Humans interact normally.
2: John, so two things. One, if that announcement had been made by Andrew Luck at the 50-yard line with a microphone before kickoff, do you think he would have got booed? Hi, everybody. I know this is shocking, but I'm here to announce my retirement. Here are the reasons why. And then the press conference he had, he did it on the 50-yard line before the game. No chance. He, he would have got he booed. He would like, out, oh, brother. we understand. God, he's well, so. He started crying. We feel there, empathy like I, for I him. left it all out of yes, here for you. Exactly. Listen, sports, there is a little thing that happens on the field and in the arena. And it's not just the fans that play a role. When players scream at each other, throw shit at each other, brawl, right? Like, that's not something you get to do on the sidewalk outside of a restaurant. That behavior is not acceptable. When you charge a guy on the mound, and then you don't go to jail. If you charged a guy in a restaurant, you would go to jail. Okay? Well, so the players, you get to be this emotion. The the emotion you're allowed to have in the arena is different than the emotion you have out in the world. Well, fans the same deal. The emotion you're allowed to have in the arena, whether we agree with it or not, is different than the emotion you have in a restaurant. You start booing a guy in a restaurant, you're fucking weird. You start booing a guy in a stadium, you're just... You're in a stadium acting like a fan. Most people are not the guy standing behind the dugout, four beers deep, screaming at the pitcher. That's most people are not that guy. I know. I mean, but that guy probably that guy doesn't exist at the bar yelling at the star player. Now he him and his buddies yell at each other, whatever. But like Clayton Kershaw shows up at Giant Stadium, Oracle Park, some guy yelling at him, Clayton, you suck. He's not yelling at an restaurant. But well, yeah, but no but shit. Got- John, no shit. Stephen Vogt's not charging Ryan Buckter. In a restaurant, yeah. either like you just act differently in a state like this is part of the deal. So,
0: guy, if you if you got the let's just say
2: everyone has a role to play, and it's part of why everyone's making a lot yeah, of money. You took
0: one of the guys in the lower bowl that booed last night. And if he's in the lower bowl in Indy, I mean he's got to be making some decent cash because it's it's one of the bigger franchises in the league, definitely one of the more profitable ones in the last twenty years, right? They have crushed it. I mean they have crushed it. They built that new stadium, it's fucking awesome. I mean it's Ursay, underrated. Ursay, has made a sne- he's not Crafter Jerry. But I bet he'd be like, check my bank account because it ain't far off, motherfuckers. (laughs) You ever heard of Peyton and Luck? I've been winning, and I've been charging a premium. So the guy at the bottom, and I I got news for you, in Indy, this this ain't Silicon Valley. Like, if you're paying $50,000 for season tickets, that's a lot of money. So the guy's a higher-level guy in the individual community. Let's say he's 10 sellers deep. He boos. Today, if you told that guy once he's watched the press conferences— He's like he's a you know high level financial guy or whatever, and was sitting with Andrew Luck. He'd probably look at him and go, "Listen, man, I booed last night. I feel god awful. I've enjoyed every minute of your career. You made it worth it. extending the tickets after Peyton retired. I have nothing but admiration for you. And I feel good that I bought a jersey for my son with your name on it. Like that's what all those people would say, and that's where the the out of touch like there is. And to me, it's the players. I get it." Because you're just in a player bubble. But the media, th- there is no, and I, I think this is, it's why we're having success, like on a higher level, why Barstool is crushing it. Th- there's an out-of-touchness now with the media on the top of this hill and the fans down here. And I got news for you in, people in the media. Just like the players, the, the without those people reading your shit, clicking on your shit, coming to your shit, having passion for this shit... You, 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 your your money goes away. like, And, and, well, I, and I, so, yes. I've i come to grips with that, and I try to be definitely more cognizant of it because I understand where my bread is buttered. And de- the league not does just, too. Why do you think the league, for example, not trying to make politics, wanted so far out of politics? It was pissing off a lot of their consumers. Who's the number John, one company in America? Amazon. What are they known for? Customer friendly.
2: Sometimes hating your shit. So like we, we have fun with, you know, we're Raider haters, Niner homers, right? Like on Twitter. But... Don't get it twisted. We appreciate the people who say we hate their team because at least they engage and they listen and all that stuff. Like, I don't, I'm don't, i not mad at those people either, right? It's why in a movie, it's just usually a movie is something bad happens or there's a bad guy or you need something for people to get mad about. Like, the team wins and the team loses. This is why I always say, like, officiating matters to a point, but at the end of the day for the NFL – they don't care if the Saints call it was right true, or wrong. Right. See, yeah, I, su- I
0: support more when I go on my rants. I'm talking more about the guy that spent five hundred dollars than like I feel bad for the player necessarily. Though I do think coaches lose their job. I'm talking about the ref. Wait. Where you, your point is, oh. you need these guys part of the movie, and it is true. The p- no, no. I'm just saying from a league, from yeah. an
2: overall business standpoint for a, for the league. Like the fans are going to be mad at half the fans are going to be mad at somebody, whether it be the official or their own quarterback or their coach or their GM. It's just going to be mad at somebody. Completely agree. So I don't even know. We we yeah we agree. This is why you know our old boss Jason Barrett would be like, what what you guys agree with each
0: other? It's not acceptable. Well, I'd say and at my time and I've never felt stronger about this. Now is that Jason. My brand and just everything that I care about, and I didn't mean, like, my brand, but just, like, what the show and what I like doing is just, I never want to fake anything. I, I just well, them. So that. In hit,
2: JB's defense, and he's doing well for himself these days. But, I mean, that and, shit does, that fans, shit works on first learned, take and stuff. Like I, I Well, yeah, me. but also, I should be, I know I, I should also, also clarify, way. but I should also, but I'm um, not being fair, because... He was. He never said you guys have to disagree with each other. He would just say, "Whatever your opinion, is, just have an opinion." Remember, he brought a pillow one, in one yeah. time. And but said, he, well, but he, he I'm not even
0: dispute. He's not so. even wrong, right? No, no, no. I know. I,
2: I, just, I, I wanted to be clear about what the instruction was because I learned a ton from him.
0: Yeah, 100. And if I could go back, I'd probably do some things differently. Though I think we, doing the shit the way, if you're just transparent with your stuff and you're good at what you do, and clearly, you know, we figured something out here is that that's what people, in, in this day and age, and I was thinking about this today, when we were growing up, we, we had to get our information from the, the newspaper. The consumer wasn't in control. The newspaper, the media companies were. They forced shit on you. They, they, they are no longer in control now, right? Because our show is, we, we make a profit. I know that like the radio station we come from does not turn a profit. So you can find us, you can find our show, which 20 years ago, where would it exist? It wouldn't have been possible. Now we we don't just create a show. We then create a business from it, and you, the listener, instead of listening to their shows, come listen to our shows. So, like, the game is completely changed. The consumer now, and this is why I try to be really cognizant about the booing fan, is, like, the the fan has never had more control because they have so many options. Like this, So when they do care as deeply as they do about, like, the NFL, which is the biggest sport, you can't just take a dump on them all.
2: Yeah, I will say, though, I'm not, like all of that said, I'm not anti-media. Like, I think so much of I, what drives I'm not e- my, my, everything my is opinion. Is, and I, no, I know, I know. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying so much of what drives everything is opinion. And what gets lost in all of that is that there is a place for fact-based journalism and information. And um,
0: But when I, whenever you know, anyone asks me, like I'm not a journalist. Are you a journalist? Right.
2: No, no, exactly. Neither am I. But that like do you consider yourself a journalist th- when you're
0: calling a game or no just a broadcaster
2: no I don't ever consider myself a journalist but I think there are some basic tenets of journalism like you don't say things that you're not sure aren't facts when you're in like a reporting you know when you're in a mode of hey I'm about to tell you something that is true well it, it, then it needs to be true well, and,
0: and that's what I think like if you're listening to the show you go well these guys they do know some people right so if I said something right now about the 49ers or Raiders that I insinuated to be a fact someone that you might believe me. So, I, yeah, I, but I think John, we don't do but that. That's
2: though. Correct. But that's based on years and years and years of not being frauds. Yeah.
0: But but right, I but like, I've always believed there is that the a greater frauds will always get exposed sooner or later.
2: Yeah, I'd like to think so. But I also think there is a personal accountability that comes with like over time there have been less and less things required for somebody to report something instead of. I need to, you know, I as your editor, yeah, need to make sure that you have two sources. Now it's just, well, I'll go. No one's ed, no one's my editor. I just go on Twitter and if say she, I talked to three people, and it's like I'll oh, say this: yeah, you if Schefter went people. in last
0: night with one source, that's balls, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Unless the source is like Ursay or Lux agent or something,
0: oh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've had I don't even I'm getting in the weeds about. But the bees, what,
2: so. my point is, now we are so conditioned to just read. I talked to two people in the league who told me, and you're like. Well, fuck, did you? Well, okay, John Middlecoff year after year after year has told me he's talked to people, and he's been right a lot, so I do believe him. But do I believe everybody? Because everybody can just say I talked to
0: people. And maybe that's where our advantage, where a fan would say, well, I don't really know who to believe, and that's fair. And you're right, the the more options is not good options. But I I do think that that most people, I think most people kind of know what's going on and have some feel for it, so they usually can weed out the good and the bad. And maybe I'm wrong. I
2: don't, yeah, I hope so. I think so, and, and maybe, maybe. Those are the people who – those are the majority. Those are the people that don't boo. Like, if we did a poll of, like, – I'm trying to think. Like, if I ever booed and meant it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sometimes just you're at a game with seven people just having fun. Like, if you ever booed and meant it, like, I hate you. Probably. Probably. That's a good question. But, you I know.
0: don't know. I, I, but anyway. I don't boo, so – because I don't give a fuck enough at the game. Or I would have – but I'd say, like, 15 – If you took... I bet you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Of course you
2: did. You know? Um, Okay. So this is not just the Andrew Luck podcast. On to some more stuff. Jimmy. Uh, On to Jimmy. Yeah, on to Jimmy. Before we get to Jimmy, though... Should
0: we do this before Jimmy? Let's talk about Jimmy.
2: Okay. Um, This also was happening... This actually was happening before Andrew Luck last night. And um, after watching Jimmy Garoppolo... I still feel like all the stuff we talked about leading up was real, legit. Uh, And I think a lot of that criticism for Garoppolo, because what happened last night after the game was I think people talked about him like all the criticism came from their last game, which was true. But I think for us, a lot of it also came from what Chris Mortensen said on Ryan Russillo's podcast, which was to say that, you know, maybe Kyle was getting a little frustrated with Jimmy. So I thought it was a big performance for Jimmy. Not great for the Niners secondary, but I did think it was a big performance for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think?
0: texted a couple people that would have a good idea, and I just said, have you heard that they're down on Jimmy? And they said, yeah. And again, like, is that breaking? Of course you'd be down on a quarterback that's throwing fucking picks at a, just a relentless rate. I mean, it's not that's not really a story. Because th- it's not like this is the end of the season where you'd be like, well, are they going to get rid of him? This is before week one. So we have the we're gonna let we're gonna see this play out
2: you yeah, know i was thinking that last night too like and we talked about it on the last pot like what if i watch this game and he throws three picks so what's gonna well,
0: happen you, you'd be like well this season's probably gonna be a disaster and it's gonna be jimmy's last season which would be normal thought my big takeaway last night was on the most basic level as you said when you play another team while the quarterbacks aren't on the field at the same time, you do get to see them go kind of like yin-yang, yin-yang, right? One guy comes on, one guy comes off, and you just see them play. Mahomes on a yeah. different level, like in a different world than Jimmy. Well, there's a, Mahomes, beside the older guys, is by far the best young player. It's not, it'd be like LeBron by like year three. It's like the dude's on a, in a different world. But I do think that Jimmy had a massive comeback. You're like, well, I saw some Jimmy Garoppolo just make some throws. Now, he did he he was late on one he threw another one in a triple coverage like he's not a perfect player so clearly but he's not as bad as he had been it was just a guy that after a couple plays and they got bailed out early in the game on a penalty that kept the drive alive that he was just able to make some throws and kind of get his juice back and he just after a couple throws and the touchdown pass just kind of got his confidence back and looked like you know what that guy could be a really good quarterback I, I, I'm not as confident to go, that guy's going to be a really good quarterback anymore. Because the more I hear about Kyle being down on him, you still see him forcing balls. But he's really talented. And when he gets into a rhythm, he's a really good player. But like I leave that game going, he ain't Mahomes. Now, he just ain't Mahomes. Mahomes is just a different beast. Because I, I felt if Mahomes, if Andy tries, if this is a regular season game, Mahomes are on 400 yards against the Niners.
2: But who who is that a reflection of?
0: Well, that's more that's more of a compliment to the eliteness that Mahomes and the ceiling that we might be watching one of the all-time greats that Jimmy might still be a top six or seven quarterback. And just the difference it's always been like, what's the difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers compared to like Roethlisberger. You're like, Oh, there's a pretty big gap. And everyone's like, well, Roethlisberger's a hall of famer. So it's, that's okay. That's normal. Right. I, I just, I, the best part of last night was Jimmy just a little able to get maybe the as Steve Young once told Gary Plummer, get that monkey off my back, just kind of get the monkey, that this whole fan base. And a lot of people around the league are just like, God, does he suck now? He doesn't suck. He can be a
2: good player. He can throw a bunch of touches. Well, I, look, yeah, but look, that com- the conversation's not over. It's ongoing. But it's just you took a deep breath. And what was important, like we talked about, him talking about how you deal with adversity of the other day made it clear that he was dealing with adversity. Right? Just, the, you know, do you shrivel up in a ball or whatever he said, curl up in a ball, or do you come out and fight? So he came out and fought. So, okay. They got a chance. But they're going to need, like, one thing's clear they need him. Like, they really need him just to have a chance.
0: Yeah. And I, I do think when you take a step back, you go, well, at the end of the day, the Chiefs, I think some might say, well, if Mahomes is. You know, kind of what Steph was. Remember that MVP season? And then he came back the next year and it was like, this guy's better. If he's better than he was last year, it is, I think, fair to say that this could be the best team in the league, right? Because he's just a better player right now than Brady. Now, I people are like, what? Listen, right now, every team in the league for one season would rather have Mahomes, including Belichick. Just because his ceiling is, you could argue as high as any ceiling we've ever seen with any quarterback, it doesn't mean
2: you said for you said for one I'm season? saying Just
0: right now, like you would just take. Yeah,
2: moms. I mean, I I would agree with you. I think you could argue Bill's like I'm going well, to the Super you, Bowl. But, I need you, but Tom you know what? You know year. what I'm saying though. Yeah, if you, I would not even have said a word if you just said from here forward, who do you want? Everybody, you got to get rid of the guy you have. The Packers would get rid of Aaron. But the, the, then when you just
0: factor everybody. in their team, Tyreek, Sammy, just their whole team. I mean, Frank Clark looks like. I got news for you. They upgraded. They got rid of D. Ford, who the Niners got, and we haven't seen yet. And they upgraded. He's a dominant player, so they are going to be better. And they were, I don't know, pretty damn good. They, they were a, an offsides away from going to the Super Bowl last year. So you know, it's like, can you be a good team and get rolled by the Warriors two years ago? Of course. So I, I think we got to be careful with that because I was watching, thinking the Niners are outmatched, but Jimmy wasn't outmatched. He looked a lot better. He kind of got a hold of himself. It was just, it was, you know, what you wanted. You probably wanted a little more, but it was good enough. That's how I put it. It was yeah. good enough.
2: And I think Kyle had to feel okay coming out of that game. He said he definitely felt good. He got good. to just, he just they, just, they looked like the offense looked like it had a rhythm, right?
0: So Well, to me, there's one guy, and we've talked about him over and over, is Debo is clearly one of their better players. It's not even. It's yeah. not even a discussion. He's the tough. You heard it here he's first. The toughest guy they have on that offense. You
2: heard it here first. Receivers.
0: I mean, you heard it here first, yeah, John. Pettis wants no part of contact. Which, if you get open and make plays, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't need you to lower your shoulder.
2: You shake a guy to line of scrimmage is Markey's good. He's no good contact. when I'm
0: still waiting for him to do anything. Uh, the running backs are good. Brayton is a stud. But use check. What do you think about use yeah, check? He's just an absolute stud. He's really good. Again, when you have a guy when you have a good team, use check is really valuable. That's why he was always valuable for Flacco and the Ravens. When your team's bad, like the last couple of years, people go, Why are they paying the fullback so much? I don't know. He's one of their best players. But you have to be good to feel that. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like you you can't have a good six man in basketball and be a twenty five win team. No one cares. You know, just stats are over, what does it matter? But where does the six man of the year usually come from? I don't know, a playoff team? Who who notices like they said it last night on the broadcast? They're like two Pro Bowl f- Tim Ryan's was like, he's been three straight Pro Bowls. And you're like, God, he what has- did you
2: tweet? What was your Tim Ryan tweet?
0: Well, it's it's very easy to know what he thinks about a player, who he blames the flag on. Oh, based on who he blames so the, like flag on, on the flag So like on, who does he not like? He does not like Akella Weatherspoon. Because there were a couple plays no. where he's like, ah, that doesn't look like the other play to Sherman. You're like, uh, what? You, you're usually, or like, God, Debo D- didn't push off there. It's like, Whoa. You know, you can clear, like he loves Debo, he likes Richard, he doesn't like Akello. It's just it's it's transparent, and maybe my spidey senses of media, I can figure that out. But it's is it reflecting the team well, or is it just his own? I also views? think
2: well, definitely when you're like team broadcaster, right? Who's around? Who go? Like everyone, he knows. Like no one will ever tell you Tim doesn't do his homework because he's at all, every practice. Yeah, he's I've in the that meetings. I mean, he's so like yeah, exactly. He knows. He, and it happens all the time. Like to me, you can listen to most—if you listen to most team broadcasts—and you hear the way they talk about a guy. Like it's generally from a place. Well, I'll
0: give I'll give Tim credit on this one, or not even—he's public enough just... and talks enough. He does a pretty good job for all the information he has. Not like if I had the equivalent of his information, do you think they'd trust me with all that information? Who they? Of course not, because <laughs> I would say it, but I, I would never. One, they would never put me in that position to like let me in team meetings or you know personnel meetings. I'm, I'm sure he's been to those, but I would never want to even like I, I can't. I, I don't keep secrets. I mean, that's not that's not me. Like he can. That's why I can't ever work for a team anymore because I just I think that stuff's kind of stupid. He's good at that because it's like yeah, they fucking hate so and so player, of course. So do the fans. And this is back to the fans. If if the fans hate him, usually the team kind of hates him. And when the team hates him, usually the fans kind of hate him. The the fans, you know whose side they're usually on for the most part? The team, because they want the team to win. So when the guy sucks, they want the team to get rid of the sucky player. It's it's, it's pretty, it's not that complicated. So I know this. The team wants Jimmy to win. The fans want Jimmy to be good. Kyle, I think that's where I get unsure. Like, what does Kyle truly want? Does he start thinking, this guy doesn't have it. I'm going to start separating myself. It's probably a little early for that. Where it's like, hey, bro, you better make this work or attempt to. And it's where I've been hard on him on the offense. I don't know, did you read the article I forwarded you at the MMQB about all of his little minions talking about the scheme? It was like the quarterback club about all the guys that played for the Shanahans, oh, coach right, for right, the right. Shanahans, and, and there were a couple quotes in there. And I was talking to a buddy, a coach in the NFL, an assistant coach, who knows those guys, and he says, well, they think their scheme. Like, when you, when you go to Gruden or Andy or Doug or Nagy, like, what is their scheme? You know what they tell you, and this is what my buddy says that works for one of those guys? They don't give a shit. Gruden would line up everyone looking at the stands and throw it backwards if he knew it would be the best play in the world. He does not care. In that article, Mike McDaniels, the 49ers wide receiver coach, is one of the minions, and again, I'm using minions in a positive way. These guys are really smart coaches. McVay, LaFleur, Kyle, they they think their offense is the end-all, be-all for a reason because in, in fairness to them, it's worked in different places. Uh, It's been two of the last three Super Bowls, right? Kyle, uh, McVay, it works. But they don't really, they don't go far away from the road on it. (laughs) Like, they they are staying in the lane of the offense. And in that article, a quote from McDaniels, I don't have in front of me, but I'm pretty sure verbatim it was, this offense makes quarterbacks not the other way around. And it speaks like, do you think Andy, look at the quarterbacks he's coaching his life. Like the coaches, Andy coaches, or even like Nagy goes in, like hell yeah, I can't wait to work with Trubisky. They actually look at it like a challenge. It's fun because they get to make up the offense. This offense, real, who does it want? At the end of the day, it wants a robot. Schaub, even Matty Ice, who's the best version, is much more robotical as a player. Goff is just like he's kind of like the poor man's Matty Ice. Cousins, it, it's just that. That's what this. Uh, that's why Rodgers. In fairness to Rodgers. Goes what? I can't fucking audible. What, what? What are you guys talking about? Like that's that's what Andy would say. Wait, you don't build in audibles? What? And that's where Kyle and Jimmy. Jimmy is not Matt Ryan. He is Romo. So you got to. That's where I put some pressure. Now Jimmy's pressing a little bit on Kyle. Like bro, you're you're making seven and a half million dollars to coach offense. Figure out what this guy does well. If you got to change your offense a little bit, do it. But he, they just think their offense is the end all be all because when it works, it's so pretty, right? Play action, dudes wide open, layup throw, touchdown. But when it doesn't, yeah. when Jimmy but, starts pressing, he's like, "What? It looks terrible." Yeah. Do you know how many points? Do you, point? you but, know what Belichick did? He took a shit on the offense in the Super Bowl because he saw it once with Kyle, he got his ass kicked, and then he saw it again in the last Super Bowl. And what he did he do with McVay? He took him to coach school. Yeah. Three points. Because, again, like, when you're when you're seeing Andy Reid's offense, like, what's it going to look like? Is he going to run I-back and run power? Is he going to go seven wide? I don't know. You never know. The Bears, what is their offense? I don't know. Nagy's trying to do whatever he has to do to get Trubisky to complete a ball. Doug, I didn't just run, like, six different offenses with Wentz and Foles. We know exactly what Kyle and McVay are doing. Now, they would say it works when it works. Well, can you figure it out with Jimmy?
2: Yeah, well, I think part of the question with this team is, like, even if they figure it out, how many points does it get, like, What's going? Is that second? Now it's not. I don't know how fair it is to judge them against the Chiefs that secondary. Uh, as you, you and you tweeted out, it wasn't all secondary. The Solomon Thomas on the wheel route, <laughs> not his fault. What was that? He like was coming through traffic and then took a bad. I mean, it was just. Was that Tyreek?
0: No, it was like Damian Williams, whoever yeah, it was. A backup running. It was, it was running, or starting running back. I mean, it was just. You, and I think people I know the scouts and front office people it drives them nuts why on God's green earth even if even Von Miller level player who's much better in space Khalil Mack Alden why would they ever ever like who well we don't want to give them tendencies that 100% of the time he's rushing well I, yeah just LT 100% of the time he's coming at you I'm not saying Solomon Thomas not LT but my point is every time he should go forward never go backwards or laterally unless he's chasing a run play or unless right. he's ordering uh, Legacy Box. Yeah, now we got to
2: wait on Jimmy, John, and we can uh, wait on Jimmy's legacy. Yeah. Wait on Jimmy's legacy. Uh, this podcast brought to you in part by LegacyBox.com slash ham. Uh, we all have it, whether it's in your house, maybe it's in a relative's house, your parents' house, grandparents' house, sister's house, uncle's house, whatever. Basically, your family history in its physical form, whether it's photos... Polaroids, old reels. For me, it's VHS tapes and albums. Ooh. And, um, I mean, a lot of VHS tapes. A lot of me putting my mug in the camera, interrupting a family vacation to, like, the Kitty Hawk uh, in San Diego. But that was our lives. Our lives. Those were our lives. Ooh. And um, it's in the way physically, and it's not organized. And even if it is, got to dig through it. I mean, Legacy Box is... John, this is a thing that people need. You can archive your whole family's history in a snap, digitize it all. It makes it safe, it makes it accessible for generations. And uh, right now, they're giving you a great deal. Well,
0: that to me is the key, guy. You can become your family's hero. You can become your family's hero. You, you know, your mom, your dad, you, your grandparents, they have all these photos and, and videos, and it's time to get in 2019. And that's the great part, guy about Legacy Box who have been crushing it with over 450,000 families have trusted this company like like you and I have because they've used the exclusive discount guy. You go to LegacyBox.com slash ham and you get 40% off your order. So you gather all those tapes, you gather all those Polaroid pictures and all those photo albums from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, whenever. Us millennials, we like everything on our computer or on our phone and you just, again, you just go to LegacyBox.com slash ham and you get 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash ham and say 40% today. How, how do you beat that guy?
2: You get it on a thumb drive, digital download, or DVD. I promise you, if you don't do it, there will be a time when you wish you had. Um, you get all your originally recorded moments back, obviously, plus the perfectly preserved digital copies. You get updates along the way. Every item you send has a individual barcode for it. So you track the whole process. Um, and all the work is done right here in the USA. So... Legacybox.com slash ham, 40% off your first order. They make it super easy. They send you a box. You put everything in the box. You send it back. Legacybox.com slash ham, 40% today. Get started preserving your and your family's past.
0: I I made this note last night, and I'm going to reserve this. This individual has deserved the benefit of the doubt, his career, and I don't know how serious he's taken uh, training camp slash the preseason games. Now you would think with Jimmy's in there, he would take it pretty seriously, especially against really good players. But there have been a couple snaps this this preseason where it's crossed my mind: Is Joe Staley kind of washed? Like, is he just his speed gone? And now, granted, he's played two of the potential. I mean, Frank Clark and Bradley Chubb. You're probably talking two Pro Bowlers this year, but they've destroyed him and they killed Jimmy. So, a lot of people texted me after, or DM'd me, or tweeted me, or whatever. Uh, just like, is Staley Washed? And it did cross my mind, but I'm just like, I'll, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it is something that, it is a little alarming, because I, I don't think I you really this. half-ass it when you're a lineman, when you're going up against a good player, because you'll just get killed.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think it's fair for it to be alarming. W- w- Wash is strong.
0: I'm just saying, like, like no longer good. No do, longer good. Well, no longer, like, pro Bowl level. Because I'm just saying no longer a good starting left tackle. Yeah, I
2: don't... I don't know. I mean, do does it happen that fast for
0: guys non-injury? Well, he, he played two guys like 25 years old that To, are go, awesome.
2: to go from really good to to washed? Well, he, I, like, I would, you can go from less good yeah, I would call him, or not I'd good. I'd say in
0: 2018, he was a good starter. Like He hasn't been in a Pro yeah. Bowl level guy for a couple years now.
2: So, to me, if you tell me he's a good starter last year, I'd be surprised if he's washed. Is he not as good? Like, I think you go from a good starter to wash like injuries often help that wash was too strong.
0: Th- those are people tweeting okay. at me. Just not okay. good. As a, and I just said, if he is not good, not wash cause you're washed. You can't play. You're not good. Like you are a liability. Then the Niners' season would be borderline in major trouble. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Li- liability. If he's a liability, you could just, like you wash. could feel pretty confident that the Niners are screwed unless they made a trade for like Trent Brown or I mean, Trent Williams, they wouldn't trade back for Trent Brown.
2: Uh okay, A B, helmet denied again
0: appeal. So I guess Rosenhaus said no big deal. He's wearing the new helmet now. We're all good.
2: Custom one. <laughs>
0: okay. See this? Well, I'll say one thing before we forget because it happened on Friday night. A B being at the high school game and just acting like a rock star, and who is a rock star and he's really famous, like he is. Charles was that famous But he wasn't out and about Like there is something With a younger version Of a rock star That plays into it That I don't know If the Bay Area's really had in a while Like Steph Was kind of like that A little when he's younger But they don't go out As much anymore Like AB's always just out Well
2: the photo of him With like the De La Salle Cheerleaders And then just like The whole crowd Around him Is to me One of the most iconic Photos of 2019 I would agree John it was One of the great photos I've seen this sh- Like it was Such a great photo in part because of who... Like, if he had just been A.B. dude who hasn't been in a headline and is just silently practicing, it would be fine. It'd still be a cool photo. Yeah, you know how... But A.B. can't show up to a practice but is in the crowd at De La Salle. I mean, he has shown up to a practice. But you know what I'm saying. Incredible photo. Fo- incredible photo. And it's someone... I didn't realize why... I can't believe my... I'm ashamed that my first thought wasn't, is he, like, up and down the sideline looking for his helmet from one of these kids? Does anybody have a helmet That's he can ball? That's a pretty
0: good joke. I, I think he was having so much fun and people smiling. People that one at me. Is that you know how people in the business think like a rod is just a little too polished? Like how many classes he taken? When you watch Antonio Brown give an interview, and it was probably easy because the ESPN cameras, uh, ESPN just asked him to come on, and he didn't go to St. Thomas Aquinas, but he went to another high school, and I think he lives by there, and I think he has knows people that have played on the high school team, so he's just like, yeah, I'll well, come on. And clearly, you give him a camera, he wanted to come on. But every time he talked, like, God, that, that guy, he would be like, you know, the wide receiver for St. Thomas Aquinas who's going to Georgia, and I had a play that looked like Randy Moss guy. I mean, they, I walked by their team. They looked like an NFL team. They were enormous. It was I, – I, I give – hat tip, the respect, the Derek Jeter meme or Jeff. that's what I would do to De La Salle for just hang, oh, his hanging yeah. in that game 24-14. Because that team – Look like the Raiders. I'm not shitting you. I walked by them and then just watched them play. You're like, gee. They, I think they had six SEC commits. And I'm not talking Kentucky. I'm talking Florida, Georgia. Our guy from Oklahoma said he desperately wants the left tackle, whose last name is Doomerville. Yeah, his brother is Doomerville, the pass rusher. So they're getting. Elvis? They're getting a different level of guy.
2: What's his name? If his brother's like Elvis, some, what's like his like name?
0: James Doomerville. I don't know. It's like ass oh, kicker it's Doomerville. Uh, but my point is that about. A.B. being there, it, it just, one, he must live in Walnut Creek because he was at Los Lomas, which is also around here, so he must be staying in this area. But he just felt like a rock star guy. I just, I don't know what else to say. But he always smiles after he says something. So he'll talk a little bit in increments, and then he'll just, and then it's time for you to ask the question, and then he just smiles. Like, someone taught him to do that. Because as people were tweeting me, like, how is this guy so crazy yet so likable? Because you see him, or you follow him on Instagram, and he can kind of make you laugh and make you smile and feel good, because he sometimes makes me feel good when I see some of the stuff. But clearly, in talking to people that would know, he is a headache, you know. And that for the Raiders too, like this, it clearly has been a major headache for them. Though once he's around, the one thing you'll hear is he's great, and and I think it's very similar in a much different way because I don't, there's not substances involved that we know of, or that are legal in California that aren't legal in California, is, is like, when you heard about Alden, everyone would be like, God, when he's in the facility, he's, like, learning, he's great, he's here, he's practicing his ass off. It's like, we just don't know, you know, if he's going to make it tomorrow. I think that's what they'd be. they just, like, is something going to come up tomorrow where he's just going to storm out? Because when he's here, it's like... Yeah, but, the,
2: but, the, yeah, but there is a significant difference between the reasons they would be absent. Right?
0: Well, yeah, but my point, I, I think they're similar in the sense, though, that the great unknown. But when you're yeah. such a great player... You're just, you're in bed with the great unknown. Like, you see him at that game. If you're Gruden at home, I follow McVeigh's uh, fiance on, uh, on Insta. So she Insta-storied a, a Saturday night like she was sitting down on her couch next to Sean and the doc. And they go to Sean, and he's working. Like, he had his, you could tell he was working on something. Like, luckily, she didn't zoom in too close. Like, it looked like something kind of serious because he had a notebook with a bunch of different colors next to him. But in the background, what do you think McVeigh was watching? He had the La Sal game on. Hard Knocks. Oh, he had the dayless out. He's just a junkie, but I would imagine yeah. if you're just watching it and then you see him talk, you're like, God, this guy's funny. He's fun loving. You know, he's just he's in a great mood because doesn't he kind of exude happiness a lot of the time? Yeah, he smiles a lot, guy. Like to me, Alden, there was a darkness to Alden, like a quiet kind of just. There's a weirdness with Ab. I think that's the way someone sure. in the league described me. They just said he's he's a he's a, he's a good guy. He's just weird. Like, Gruden is nuts just because, you know, Anytime you wake up every morning at four and just are, I mean, football is means more to you than your family. He, I mean, I think in the last Hard Knocks he said he was more excited to watch Keelan Doss play a home game than he was to see his wife and he hadn't seen his wife in two weeks. Like, and I don't know why everyone laughed in the room. Like, they're like, yeah, he's kind of serious. Like, he's not even kidding. The only person that didn't laugh was his wife. Yeah. Who even said like if she saw it?
2: But she would like, of course, John wants. She's part of the deal. Yeah,
0: Yeah. that I think that Antonio is just, just a weird cat, man. Great, great player, but just weird cat. I'm telling you though, guy, I I believe this, and I I wrote the article. Their offense, if Derek's good and Antonio can figure out how to play in a big helmet, could be pretty good because they have like they have way more. For example, like the Niners when we're like blowing Debo, I mean. Debo would be a backup on the Raiders that's just like the, the Raiders starting two wide receivers are legit and they got a guy that was a starter for a playoff team Tyrell Williams and then they got the best receiver in the league or one of them it's hard to to me he's been the best receiver there is an unknown anytime you change your quarterback when you're leaving a Hall of Fame quarterback like that's just part of the deal and we're Derek guys I think him and Derek can have a lot of success but they're, to, to act like there's not a drop off would be that would be homerism yeah
2: yeah, but I know that he is just – you just line up a bunch of receivers, you take all the quarterbacks off all the teams. He's one of the – still arguably – Whether he's percent.
0: playing with Peterman or whether he's playing with whoever, he should be good. now. The But I, yeah. but the point would be I've seen Hopkins dominate with shitty guys because with shitty guys usually you're not going to win as much. He's only one and he's only played with a great player. That's what I think the curveball is with Antonio is like, you know what Hopkins does when times are shitty? He acts normal and everyone loves him. But I do, like, I would say, like, I do think,
2: just because I was reading some about him today, I do think he's better with Deshaun, you know? So, like, even well, my, if my point you is don't though, get guy, he, Ben Roethlisberger, A.B., you're still getting a great player. That's
0: yeah, I'm but saying. he but one of the curveballs with A.B. is that, like, if you start off one and three, you know, does he, does he mail it in on you? Hopkins, right. we've seen, he ain't a mail-in guy. Julio ain't yeah. a mail-in guy. Devontae Adams, not a mail-in guy. Like, Antonio, this is where he's kind of a conundrum. You know, or what would the proper word be when two things are opposite? Is that oxymoron? Two things are on the opposite side of each other. Maybe that's yeah, the wrong word for I, this, he, but
2: for well, oxymoron is something that. Yeah, I mean, he would be. Uh, what's, what's there is a word for this, and I'm. Well, here, what here's because
0: here's how I would describe it. Like he's no, like what when you describe Antonio Brown, you go, well, he's one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the league, and the hardest practicing player. But then you go, yeah, when shit gets weird, he's liable to just disappear, <laughs> right? So it's hard to have like the hardest working player. That's what's been so weird about everyone going, well, he just doesn't want to do... T-
2: is he an enigma? Is Maybe that what he's he an is enigma because
0: he just didn't want to yeah. have training camp. But one of the reasons they felt comfortable in kind of overextending themselves for probably a player that they shouldn't have been in bed with because they wanted his work ethic and his practice habits to be shown to the younger guys. But then one of the narratives, well, he's actually okay. He just doesn't really want to practice. So what is it? I'm kind of lost. You know, I've become confused. And I, I still am kind of confused. And I, I talking to a couple people there. I think they've been kind of confused. It's been confusing. And I think Tomlin would just tell you, be ready to be confused with this guy. <laughs> you know, you, if your quarterback plays well, you'll win. He'll ball, and the confusion is tolerable. Now, if he starts getting mad at your quarterback, or mad at your play caller, or mad at just a teammate, he's liable to freak about shit that like you don't used to. Like you're used to in the NFL. I, I kind of learned what, I didn't quite understand what the transfer portal was. I talked to someone yesterday extrid it now I completely understand. I, I thought I did, but I actually didn't know what it was. And the thing is in college football, if you're if you are a top recruit and I'm at USC and I realize right away like I'm gonna be a backup here for a couple of years, not even a quarterback, let's just say linebacker so I'm like I'm going transfer portal. like in the NFL, and that player could just be like, of course you're a backup. You're just a you're just one of the recruits. You got you, you gotta prove yourself you're a long way away. In the NFL, once I have you under contract, I don't have to start you. Like you're not really going anywhere, right? There is no transfer portal. Like I can just do things. With Antonio, so I can treat players a little bit like a business and most of them understand, even though they're humans, you gotta to talk to them. So if I'm benching a guy, like an older player for a younger player, but I'm keeping them on the roster, probably have to have the conversation. But they'll kind of understand. And most players kind of come to grips with who's better and who's not. Antonio is a great wild card because at any moment he can just freak about who knows what, unlike the majority of players, when even in a sport where a lot of just random shit happens, right, that is you could understand a guy freaking out about. Like, you don't throw a ball to him in a big spot. You don't put him in the game. Like, we, we see this all the time, and it's very understandable. Like, you didn't play Malcolm Butler. You didn't throw the ball to Julio. You didn't do this or that like it we get it. it's talked about a lot but you know what most of the time happens for the most part guys a couple weeks later yeah we we talked about it we got over it we're on to the next thing like the one thing that you could never overcome was the Russell Wilson pick that franchise and that group of players could never overcome it it was the elephant in the room it was you know like football suicide for that group it ended it it just it ended their run cuz they never looked at each other the same Right, where but most instances like Malcolm Butler, the one thing Bill had going for him, he could Bill he was going to leave. You know, if Malcolm if they it was like still under contract, he probably would have had to trade him. Right, you couldn't bring him back. Right, like the one thing if, if Antonio, I'd say the thing here though is like if Antonio did just miss a couple days in practice on like week six, I don't know if anyone on the team now would be that shocked. So maybe they're a little well, accustomed to it. So maybe it's healthy I that they the got to see it. They already problem. got to feel it a little bit. It's crazy. Maybe. I, look, that's
2: <laughs> glass half full. Guy, I, I think a, a the Raider fundamental Homer. problem fundamental problem, is that you can have a controversy with him. You can. Everybody puts all their shit on the table. You hash it out. You come out of the room crying and hugging each other. And that doesn't mean that it, something else isn't going to happen. It doesn't prevent that. The next time something comes up, it's as if you guys never hashed it out. Right? So when John Gruden's walking off the field on Saturday, he says, Look, man, any issue you got, just come to me. We will figure this out. And it's like, yeah, we're good. And John went to bed that night. I Gruden went to bed thinking I got through to him. And then the next day he didn't show up. That is like a hard lesson to learn with him. So you're right. Maybe in that way they learned their lesson. But don't think for a second because you figured one thing out that something else isn't going to come Can you
0: imagine? Up. And we'll – I was thinking about this for the Hard Knocks guys. The last ten years, they have got to see it like – if you on the crew or the editing crew, you get to see a lot of good shit, right? You do get to see a lot yeah. of stuff that's getting cut. There's a right. decent chance, just a 50-50 chance, because they got cameras around the guy at all times, that... Now, I have heard... They when they go to their personnel meetings that he can tell them like you guys can't come in here like it's not it's pointless we're just talking about who we're gonna cut who we're gonna keep who we're gonna play like you're not welcome in here and they just don't come in anymore. Well, back in the day I think they they were just there twenty four seven and you could cut stuff out or they just left a lot in. I think that's dramatically changed. But there's a chance he was in a normal meeting like with Derek or something, right? Just talking quarterback play or installing offense or doing something just relatively normal where the cameras are allowed to come there. And where someone pokes their head in the room, and be like, "Hey, Coach uh, Antonio Brown's left," just or just whispered something in his ear when he just like jaw drops, hands the clicker to Greg Olson and walks out of the room. Right, that that would be awesome if that film, if something like that happens on this next episode. I'm not expecting it, but there's a decent chance that Haberman and Middlecoff of the editing crew got to see that when the Raiders told them you can't include that. But they're like, "God, this is pretty good," right? They, they get some pretty good scenes, behind the scenes. Oh,
2: imagine, like, surely there's some camera guy or mic guy who's won his fantasy league just because he heard about some guy in a meeting that no one else knew about, right? Probably. Or at least it's just, it's helped. Like, if you just play fantasy and you're one of the mic, you're one of the camera guys for hard knocks, like, you have an advantage.
0: I, I, I also think... This is not a go on a rant about fantasy. I, I think long-term fantasy, and you had an issue last year when you took Le'Veon Bell, it's... Th- not me. Yeah, but you drafted for her, right?
2: No, she just didn't get signed. My wife, Alyssa, didn't get signed into the account quick enough to take off auto-draft, and it took Le'Veon Bell number one.
0: That there is a lot of luck in season-long fantasy, and I more and more people that I hear talk about it, it drives them nuts, because they're like, this is impossible. Even And they love it. It's not like baseball fantasy where, like, this is boring. I love my fantasy team, but I, you know, I draft David Johnson. He breaks his leg two weeks in. I'm screwed if I use my first pick. Yeah. Well, that's where I love it. And DraftKings back on the podcast. It is much more. Hey, guy, and we'll, I'm sure we'll do this a couple times. Maybe week one, we just have a league. 100 people can join or whatever. You have a pretty good idea. Like you wouldn't take Andrew Luck, as you saw with OJ Simpson. Did you see that video that went viral?
2: <laughs> yes, I just rolled my <laughs> eyes. Who's yes, in his I
0: fantasy league? Not even tongue in cheek. Like literally, who's in his fantasy league?
2: I mean, the general. Would you
0: be in it if you were invited? No, I wouldn't either. No, I mean, I would never be invited. But so yeah, I think at the end of the day with Antonio, you just hope he's in a good place. But like you said, at any moment he could go out of a good place on something that you didn't even do, right? On something that was out of your control or thought that he would like. I. I, I that's the hard part with people that aren't consistent human beings. Because everyone's tweeting about they lost his grievance. It's all good now. And I've seen a lot of media people go like, "Are we sure?" And of course, we're not sure.
2: By the way, speaking of, I just started thinking like I'm. There's I'm not in anybody's fantasy league. So, As our boy Estes texted me two days ago and said, "Fantasy draft is Sunday." I know I owe you dinner from the last time you drafted for me two or three years ago I don't remember how long that's Sean
0: Estes for those listening I don't know if you ever heard about 15 year big league. Sean Estes
2: can you draft for me again Sunday or next Sunday that's
0: not today but next Sunday
2: yeah maybe it was today I don't know I said no I you haven't I don't first of all no the answer is just no I can't do it but you, you, you 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 can't promise me a second dinner when you're three or two years late on the first dinner didn't they do the draft like super late at night Late at night, like in a physical place, you're not like on a computer. Again, like I'm, I'm a different place in my life. I got no interest. <laughs> but Sean, you still—I haven't had the first dinner yet. Where was the dinner? Just where? Just where? where just where do you want to have dinner? We'll have dinner. It hasn't been a dinner. Yeah, there was no dinner. There is no dinner. There won't be. A dinner. He says, "Oh, well, I'll be back in town mid-September." But
0: that's what I'm saying. Like I would imagine that AB is going to fall in this fantasy year. Right now he might daily fantasy. I might take I, Zeke is the like Zeke's the big question.
2: What if you take or, Zeke? or Melvin Gordon? Like, where would you take that? That's guy? the one people are asking me is what do I do. But with I'm Zeke? just saying
0: Antonio Brown, it would it shock anyone if he has 95 catches and 14 touchdowns. No, would it shock anyone if he only has 50 catches because for two weeks he left the team, you know, you just, he's a great wild card. I, I'd say beside the holdouts and now luck who's gone. No one has a bigger variance in what could be and what could not be than this guy. Would you agree with that? Because he, he could just do he you could can, have me, 120. Well, he could have a. He, I will say this, though. Like, I, feel,
2: I think his floor is higher than Zeke's just as of we sit today. I'd feel more comfortable drafting AB than I would Zeke just because I don't know what Zeke's going to do. Like, I know AB's on the team and, like, he. I do think he's going to show up for games. I do well, think he's got $19.5 million dollars reasons too. Yeah. So I do think Antonio, like through all this, what have we talked about? When week one rolls around, like he's putting on a helmet and he's playing a football yeah. game.
0: Especially with this helmet thing in theory behind you. Yeah, he's playing. But we just I just think when things get weird for a team, that's going to be hard to win a lot of games. Now, yeah. But, but what true. I keep getting back to, I, I actually I think okay their, their offense is going to be pretty good.
2: I think he's a great player. I think their offense is. good. I like be, a lot of their has, players on
0: offense. Like I think fans. he's going so. to yeah. uh, have a good year. I do too. Yeah, I think their off. I think Derek's going to have a good year. I think we. I I believe in their offense, guy. I believe in their offense, okay? in their we, offense uh, more than the Niners right now. I'll tell you that. How about that, Raider France? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so we normally do NFL headlines. We've done a bunch of stuff. Let's just rattle through because a lot of stuff has happened this weekend. I just got a few things for you. We can hit real quick here. Number one. Uh, I, like you, thought Rory was going to fold playing head-to-head with Kepka on Sunday. He did not. I got old
0: take exposed. Did you? He did.
2: Like, they actually tweeted one of your old takes? well,
0: note that take.
2: (laughs) He did that to me with a take from, like, um, late last year, an NBA take. What was it? Oh, it was, this Kawhi trade is going to look really good when they flip him to the Western Conference uh, in January. <laughs> that was my tweet from the when Kawhi got traded to the Raptors. And then he won the, na- that guy he won the championship. That got Old Take Exposed. Like, the night after the championship, he the that got Old MVP. Take
0: Exposed. Yeah.
2: I will tell you what annoys me is people tweeting their own tweets at Old Take Exposed. Like, no, no, no. It doesn't yeah. work like this. You don't get to, like, point at yourself. Like, oh, I, I can take the criticism. Like, no, you just tweet your takes. And if you get Old Take Exposed, you get Old Take Exposed. But that must have happened within, like, 24 hours of the tweet. Less. Wait, you're talking about the one where you said Rory is mind Yeah, basically.
0: Kepka's in his dome. Because then, guy, gotcha. after like a three or four... After that hole, it had like a four-shot swing. So, it happened fast after that tweet. And I realized I was on the Stairmaster when I tweeted it. And by the next hole, I realized this tweet's in some trouble. <laughs> so, it was... It, because Kepka was spraying his driver all over the place. And at least from the holes that I saw early on. Why I tweeted that, because Rory hit, was hitting all these fairways, Kepka's in the trees, and as someone that called, I don't know, Tiger Woods Tour Championship 2018, Guy Haberman, you know that place is tight. If you're in the trees, you're kind of screwed. Kepka's hitting these remarkable shots early on, like 3-4 out of the trees, onto the green, closer than Rory's shots that are in the middle of the fairway. So I go, God, Kepka's going to get him. But then, the problem is, Kepka just kept hitting in the trees, kept hitting in the trees, and if you just keep hitting the fairways, you're probably going to beat the guy in the trees, because the trees are pretty thick. And the rough's really thick there. It's like U.S. Open rough, so you can't... Even Kepka's kind of screwed. Rory was... That was as to beat Kepka like that in the final group when you start off one behind... It's not his majors, but that's probably his... if he has three majors, that's his fourth best win of his career. Given the stakes, it, Brooks had throttled them what a month ago. I mean, kicked his ass. I I, I have a lot of respect for Rory. Props. And what did he win? Fifteen million. I mean, Kepka won. Uh, fifteen,
2: 15 million, won four. yeah.
0: That's that's a pretty big
2: purse. Yeah, that's the thing. To me, the crazy part is like Kepka. Did he end up second or third?
0: I think Kepka finished third.
2: Like, Rory had to still play really well to beat him. Like, Rory didn't get the. Rory won the tournament, like he said afterwards. Like, he was the low score for the tournament. Forget about how many strokes Kep, you came Kepka in was, under Kepka par. Was just.
0: Their, uh, uh, okay. Sh- was second.
2: So, forget about how many strokes you came into the FedEx Cup playoffs well, and now into the tour championship final with. Like, Rory won the tournament straight well, up.
0: Well, Kepka actually split third with JT. So, instead of getting four and three, they each got three and a half. Which
2: works for JT because he was going to be four. Yeah,
0: so it's a that was a five hundred thousand swing for him.
2: I mean, you could have you could have played a football game at the Coliseum for that 500,000. You know who
0: was 000. dead last? Dead last. No, um, well, they tied for dead last actually. But Dustin. Yeah, D- Dustin was dead last. Do you know what dead last in this tournament got you?
2: It was like four fifty yeah, or something.
0: I think I think the numbers changed a little bit because a lot of guys tied. So like. A lot of guys tied for 19th, so a bunch of guys got 512 and a bunch of guys got 550. So if you just cracked, the like Patrick Reed tied for 9th with Kisner and Hideki, they they got 850. So the million started with the 8th guy, when it was supposed to be a little longer, but the ties, so Ches Revi got a million, Finau 7th got 1.3, Scott 1.9. I saw someone tweet, Paul Casey... Who finished fifth and got two and a half million dollars? That purse is bigger than any purse in any tournament this season. So it this yeah, this thing rough. is really lucrative to get in because four hundred thousand dollars, guy, for finishing thirty, you get four hundred thousand dollars if you're like seventh in a major. Like that's a lot of money.
2: You know, I, a ton of money even for Dustin well, Johnson. Like went, that's yeah, it's a good. Uh, great great event. Yeah, uh, Miami, Florida was phenomenal. On Saturday afternoon, really cool. That football game felt. It felt like at one point I look up.
0: Where's that, is that Miami play World or Orlando?
2: Is that where it was? Yeah, I think yeah it was because that's where Who game day plays
0: was. there normally. UCF. That was my question. I think so. That's yes. their home field. Makes sense.
2: So, the, I look I up. Like, they just have a stadium the, here.
0: Just you play two games a year. It's kind of weird.
2: There's a Miami player, like, standing. I don't know if he's standing or if he's, like, in front of the crowd, if he's standing on the bench. And there's, like, all these photographers around him. And there's time on the clock in the second quarter. (laughs) Like, it's as if the game had ended, except it's not even halftime yet. Just the amount of celebrating, the amount of big hits, the amount of just fast as shit guys, the amount of, like, emotion on every play. It felt like a CFP semifinal yeah. that was inc- I don't know how many games Miami's going to win but it was incredible yeah, I don't know how
0: many games Florida going to win either it was awesome because I started getting really juiced when the thing went viral Michael Irvin and the face of Reggie Wayne behind him that's the thing with Miami their guys <laughs> yes. they roll out guys and it's not just like a couple NFL guys it's like the best NFL players of each of the last 30 years of that 10 year span's generations so it's like all the dudes in the 90s then all the dudes in the 2000s. And then all the dudes that have recently retired. You're like, did Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson and, you know, Frank Gore just stand in? Th-? It's like the sweet dudes. And they just, to me, the older ones, like the Alonzo Highsmith, who was at the top. Like, that was part of the crew in the mid-80s They got it rolling. They're actually kind of the dudes that everyone looks up to. Like, the craziest motherfuckers. And I, I was like, God, these guys are just incredible. This is badass. And then, like you said... To me, the biggest difference in the SEC, and I include these three schools in the SEC, Miami, Florida State, and Clemson, because they have an SEC level player, is the quarterback play is very hit or miss. So when you get bad quarterback play at some of those schools, they're going to win six or seven games. Like LSU has had a lot, Florida is probably going to be a little hit or miss. I give Miami a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because the kid was 18. Like that was a true freshman starting that game. Can you imagine? I don't care. I don't know what high school the guy went to. I know he's a five star, big recruit. Even if he went to St. Thomas Aquinas or whatever. that's a first college game in front of 80,000 people the only game on everyone's watching that's pretty intimidating against Florida which I know Miami's probably not going to be that good but how many NFL players did it feel non-quarterbacks just in that game I don't know 20 (laughs) 30 felt like every
2: I, I don't know they they all looked like the fastest guy on the team when i when they were the one running so cuz
0: i i'm a sucker for Arizona Hawaii but when that game comes on next you're like mm, i can see why some people just move on with their night and do other shit i'm going to watch but well that game was yeah
2: i mean as as i said earlier i would never ever schedule a non-conference game in Hawaii not a chance
0: that doesn't happen very often for Pac-12 schools going over there and playing right
2: Remember, remember SC played there with Lane? Well, Mar- and Mar- I remember Mar- because... we hit
0: a sweet wide receiver screen to start the game. I remember watching it home with my parents.
2: I remember one thing that happened for that game was there had been like some local TV cameras out at SC practice. and they beat them
0: 50-7 or, some- or something? Was, was it? How they kicked the shit out.
2: I just remember there had been some footage from SC practice on the local news. And it pissed Lane off. And SC was not... <laughs> yeah, like Baxter or
0: somebody was mad You're about saying it. because they had a about- walkthrough at the stadium and cameras were there? Yeah, they were just like
2: local news channel.
0: I remember it was it was it was, back,
2: it was in the background. It was kind of it was kind of like was kinda sloppy
0: early. I think Cody Kessel was the quarterback, and they hit a wide receiver screen to Marquise Lee, and then the, the route was on. But you're right. I mean, it was like they had done like a home home and home, right? So they had done like a two and one, and you just owe them. Yeah, like what? Sometimes those schools just buy out of a two and one, right? So they never actually do the one. Yeah. And if you're the school, money's money. So it's like, okay, you're going to pay me 800 grand, and I'm just going to get the schedule and win. Because I think that's the big argument in college football right now. I've been watching a lot of the. Uh, if midday, I'm searching around like I can't take sports talk anymore. I'll just click on like College Football Live, and they'll have like interesting mm-hmm. debates about. Saw your guy Leaf, and some of those guys were on the other day on College Football Live, and they just said, "What, what is the point in taking a huge swing like Florida and Miami?" Or are you, that that's kind of built in, but even like. But it's not. They had not played in a while. Yeah, that that one's – that's probably a bad example. But, like, the example would be, like, but right, why is Washington Auburn, wasting Oregon. their time playing Auburn? Why doesn't Washington schedule, you know, UNLV, Nevada? We'll go look Nevada. at their schedule this year. That's crazy. Right.
2: It's, their schedule this year is, like, Eastern Washington at home is their opener. And it's good enough – now, last year was an exception where you had, what, three unbeatens go to the CFP. But you've had – going into last year, there had been three total unbeaten teams going into the college football playoff. So – no matter who you schedule, if you get by and lo- historically, no matter who you schedule, if you're a one-loss team, you're, getting, you're going. Now, last year it was not the case, so your schedule does matter a little. But you don't even have to go Wait, unbeaten. Again? Forget about you, who you're you play. are saying
0: historically, if you're a one-loss team, you're going?
2: So, before, yeah, before last year, there had only been three total unbeaten teams in the college football playoff.
0: But I'm saying for last the, year the West was Coast an exception. guys, the, the going undefeated is much less likely. So you know you're going to be a one one loss team. So you might as well have the like. You might as well play the big boys because you're going to get a loss anyway.
2: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, no one's gone through a Pac-12 season unbeaten yet. So. You're, I think you're better just off running the table nobody. and playing
0: like UNLV and Nevada. Your Haller's games, and
2: maybe even if you lose a game in your league, which no one has not done, to use a double negative, you're still want, you're still in the well. That,
0: that and I think Washington would tell you, well, if we had just scheduled Fresno State, Nevada, and Eastern Washington, and not done Auburn, the problem would be even if we we run the table in those games and we lose one game, we still win the conference. We're not getting the benefit of the doubt right now, and they are, which is true. Well, last year they would not have. But the year they went, they were a one-loss. But team. I think a part of the problem also is a lot of the, the programs that are consistently going to go right, like Ohio State plays people, you, Oklahoma plays people. They do home and homes with UCLA, Ohio State. Like they're, they're going to play power five teams. Well, look,
2: I, I like odds it. are this year if Auburn, if Oregon beats Auburn and Oregon still loses a game in the league, they're probably in the playoff. Just they're going to have they're going to have a chance now. If there's a bunch of unbeaten's and Ohio State's got one loss and maybe not, but odds are you're right there. I
0: listened to uh, Rosillo's pod with Stanford Steve and he's a Pac-12 guy and and I think this is fair to say with a lot of people that are like deep in the weeds in college football that no team week one probably has more on the line just because people just love shitting on the conference. Like whether Auburn's good or not that win for the Pac-12 it's really important <laughs> like just to be like get that win for the conference which many people think they're going to be the best team right? That's a, it's a big game you could yeah I think no team that game has more on the line for the league, league
2: I think that game is bigger for the league than it actually is for Oregon
0: yeah that's that's what I meant so Oregon is carrying the league's weight of their shoulder on them
2: like Oregon can lose the game have a good year not even go to the CFP beat the big Ten champ in the Rose Bowl because what' Rosilla was year. saying
0: he's right like what's so stupid about that let's say you lose by seven well like, guess what Gus is check Gus's resume like on any given day he can beat you Hell, he could beat your ass. He's he has his moments where he's an elite coach. Like it's not when you take a step back. Oregon go ten and two and they lose that game. It's not really that crazy. Well, but John, but the, it, the, it, it, the perception is reality in this case. They got to come through. Though I don't think that I, I don't think they'll win the game. Where's the game? Yeah, they uh, uh,
2: games at Cherry World. Okay. No, it's at uh, Houston. It's at the Texans Stadium.
0: So they kind of went neutral, but it still feels more of them, right? <laughs> kind of, but not really. I mean, that's going to be an Auburn home game, right? No, well, you would say the Oregon Oregon does, does travel well. well. And this is a hype squad. Uh, that's What day is that? Saturday? Saturday night? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's the college game day how game. Good is, I mean, I don't know where college game day is, but that's the ABC game.
0: College game day was just you know, when you don't wake up early enough on Saturday. I saw a lot of people tweeting about it. I'm like, oh, it ex- how about that headline? Can we talk about that one? one?
2: desmond howard saying is desmond howard gonna have to choke a bitch on tv i mean
0: that's cla- to me the- and then apologize well, i think <laughs> the only reason you have to apologize because you are a disney you said bitch not necessarily people like choke a bitch w- were people getting deep into the weeds on what that means
2: i don't know i i i was not on and i did not participate in the controversy someone just said did you see this desmond video sent me the video and i laughed my ass it off it was funny and then said i
0: watched it like 10 times Corso's got no clue what's going on. Like, I, I get he's a legend and everything. They, they should have retired him a couple years ago, and they'd probably say, "Well, we don't have anyone else to put on." I'd be like, well, figure it out. Do something." Because this is this guy's just, you know, he's just his fastball is long gone. If he was once throwing ninety-five, guy, I think he's throwing like sixty-eight now. Like, it's a borderline disaster. He can't really talk. Herb Street clearly realized what he said is just like, I can't believe he just said that. And to me it's not I, I'm glad I, I didn't see anyone would be like what well, that symbolizes the treatment of women yeah, the
2: inequality they didn't not, but you know what like you say that on TV if somebody had said it you're like dude how like even is if you had said am I going to have to I, there's no way to say it but Can you say know. bitch yeah.
0: though on ESPN? No. no. But you can't but on. on all these other channels I, I do think the rules have changed cuz like stuff on FX and cable television people swear all the time. Right, but if Brady Quinn on Fox says, "Bitch, like,
2: ah, uh, quarterback halftime. I gotta, I gotta tell you what, uh quarterback acting like a bitch in the pocket, like that doesn't fly."
0: Yeah, that's true. It
2: <laughs> that would be some great. You know, analysis, I went on on fly.
0: Sirius XM Radio with Brady Quinn and e- and AJ Hawk. They were hosting the show. And I was like, yeah. these guys are pretty on the ball." I was just like, "This is pretty impressive." Oh, Brady's a pretty impressive tandem. Well, do you know what's funny about Brady? Someone DM'd me for the Middlecoff mailbag and said, you know what's crazy? He's like, when you look at why quarterbacks succeed or failure, fail, he's like, I listen all the time to Brady shows, and I listen to Brady, and I go, this guy is really smart, and he played at Notre Dame. Like, how did he fail? And I, I was like, well, I didn't really scout him. I don't know exactly. I have to ask. I would imagine it was like inaccuracy or something, because clearly he's smart enough, right? And he clearly had the physical tools.
2: Yeah, I well, I think he would tell you. I haven't talked to him about it, but I think he I've would never tell met you, him. Beside on, phone. he was he was a he was a Cleveland Brown for three years. Yeah, uh, and I I think, like I think he falls in the category. Like when I was talking earlier it about just ne- he never he had just, a, he
0: never had a chance,
2: or it's just like it wasn't a good chance. Be- I mean, he played twenty four total games in his career, and then who was his coaches? Did he who was the coach at Kansas City in twelve? No, it wasn't Andy. No, yet. it was Todd Haley. Oh, yeah, it was Todd well, Haley. Yeah, okay. So well, was, I mean, I so just I just pulled for... it
0: up. No, he was pretty accurate the last couple years, 64, 61. I mean, he was a career 58%. College stats. It was college yeah. stats. No,
2: I I think he, like, to me, when I think of guys. Like, I mean, because you, it, cause cause you I hear him, he,
0: and you're just like. He was supremely talented. This guy's not a like, a Rod, he just looks good. They're subs. Like No. He, he's impressive. No, John. I like him.
2: Well, I think he's. You know him. Period. Like, I met him uh A couple. I met him like at the Packed Media Day. It was really i'm cool a, I'm a big. I'm a big a fan while. of Brady Quinn. Well, it's. I told you, like I think he is one of the best analysts in college football, and could could do pro like could do the NFL. Like there's people would be, you know. I think he's a college guy in part because he was a college star. But he's he does the NFL at the end of the year. Like he does random. This, this guy's remember, not. He did Rams. Like he did Rams Niners. At the end of the year, two years. This ago, guy's a little different now
0: because he's getting so big in other areas. But when he tried, you're like, "This guy was really short. Jesse Palmer, like he just knows a lot of shit. Yeah, you know, they just, yeah. just smart. Guys. I
2: think Brady's. I think I think there's a reason he's not in the booth, and he's that they moved him to the studios because the studio shows a big deal for them, and they wanted him on it.
0: Well Okay, here's another controversy. Before uh, is how long is this pod? We're, two uh, ten at this Mark. Is Joe Rogan style. Although it could get urban out. Meyer urban Meyer showed up to the Florida game in a Florida yeah. polo and Florida right. Twitter was furious like what the fuck is this guy and it brought me to the question is where do you stand on this and for me it's pretty simple even if you win a national championship in college if you leave that program in a double, like Pete Carroll left for the NFL. So at the end of the day, he left him in some trouble, but he did leave for a quote-unquote better job or very understandable. Urban didn't leave for a job. He quit, one, and two, left a program that was just in shambles. So I can see where Florida people, like, and they are diehards. They, they, it's, this isn't a casual thing down there. I don't know if you've heard, but they were furious that he was in a polo. And he's still an Ohio State polo, or, I mean, employee. It's just... I do think sometimes that Urban Meyer is living in a different world than us all. Uh, so, how many championships did he win? One two. or two? Two. He won. You remember the first one with like not Chris yeah,
2: Lee? Well, I was just clarifying. I thought he won two and beat Saban I mean, in
0: six years. They had no. They were they had high highs. Um, they had
2: high highs and low like, lows. I get. I get that it's complicated. No, guy, I'd say I it's agree more there.
0: complicated with
2: some of the players that he had. Yeah, yeah, however you want to – okay, it's more than complicated. Can you be more complicated than complicated? Fine, it's more than complicated. But I would – uh, now the AD, Jeremy Foley – was it Jeremy Foley? Is that his name? He's not there anymore, right? He retired. Isn't that
0: like Chris Foley's brother or whatever?
2: <laughs> yeah, what, what am I – it's yeah, Foley. It's some I don't Foley. know, know who you're talking about,
0: yeah. The guy that hired Billy Donovan and hired like, Urban. I
2: would bet yeah. there's a lot of high-priced donors that are still text with Urban and make him feel like he's part of the Florida well, But that's
0: well, go-to that? college football, right? But I'm just saying the fan base of the way that they love the guy and then he kind of screwed him over. Well, here's what I would say to them.
2: Like, this is what I would say. I get their emotion and it's justified. But at the end of the day, would you trade the Urban Meyer era? Would you say, okay, the Urban's going to just bail on you guys and it's going to be awful, but do you want to undo it? They got got no problem with it. I think
0: they look at it like this guy's the ultimate fraud. Like he quit. He said he had health issues. Really, he was fine. He moved, went to work at ESPN immediately. Goes and then he goes and coaches a sweet another sweet job, and then act like nothing's wrong. And then our program's in shambles, and he just again left us in shambles. And it's like he's pretending that never happened. It'd be again. You could win championships and have some low lows, but their low lows were a disaster. I mean, the, so don't so show up, but don't wear the I, polo? I just I don't even think you show man. I, I think it's just like bro, just move on. You know, you went to Ohio State and won again. Like, I'd say your association, it might suck, but it's over.
2: Yeah. See, I don't. I I now again, I don't know what his public stance has been if he's ever even had one. I, you know, you can always heal wounds. Now, I don't know if he's attempted to heal wounds, but I don't think it's over for him. Now, if you haven't said a word to anybody and you show up in a polo, I understand why they're mad, but I don't
0: particularly like.
2: I also understand how if you won two rings, you don't care. Like if like Twitter thinks I shouldn't be here. Well, let's go. Let's go polish up those fucking crystal balls. Well, I'd,
0: I'd be, I'd be interested, guy. If that game had not been at, you know, uh, what was it called, Farmer Stadium, outdoor, whatever. I'm not sure what. it's Yeah, called. it's like yeah. Uh, if that had been in Gainesville, and right. and Has they he... had been playing Miami week one, so they had just played that game in Miami, and they had shown him on the jumbotron. I would imagine there'd be probably more booze than cheers. I swear to God. No, I. It's again. I. I get it. I'm so just To saying, me, that shows you like him, the feel of the base. Like, fuck this guy. Okay, but like I said, I don't if think I'm USC him, doesn't feel that way about Pete.
2: No, th- but it's not even the same conversation. That's it's an outrageous. But, but he left.
0: But he left him in pretty shitty situation. Remember?
2: Yeah, but it's told I mean, but it's a whole different thing. That, that thing's not emotional the way the thing with Urban. I'm just saying, if you're Urban. And you think, yeah, I can walk back into the whatever like it was in Gainesville, but I can throw this pole like do I deserve to put this pole away? Oh yeah. I mean, and all the fans say no. It. Well, but I'm just saying I get why he thinks that because he's got two rings that
0: he won them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think I just maybe I'm down on the guy. Is he out of touch with how they yeah. feel or just I, I think don't he's care. out of touch. Because whenever you hear him talk guy, he's just he's a little out of touch. I, I think he lives a little bit in else? his own
2: world. Well, maybe.
0: Yeah. That's all I got. Uh,
2: the tr- John, the trophy is... Uh, the Giants won the uh, trophy. While we were talking, Stephen Vogt almost got domed, got mad. Did you I see did, that? Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Well,
0: I, I looked up and he was on the ground. Is that D-Wade? That is D-Wade. Do you feel like him and LeBron are going to be super close friends or there could be a potential if their sons break up? <laughs> like, just... Because, again, young boys, you just because your dads are best friends... Why friend, are their sons breaking up? Did I miss Well, no, I'm just saying, like, what if Bronny... And the power forward, and D. Wade's kid, and like the small, like you just, young kids are weird, man. Weird shit happens. Oh, yeah. I think they're
2: going to be, I think D. Wade and LeBron
0: are are just, are locked to the hip for life.
2: Banana boat for life, yeah. And they would just
0: make fun of their kids, like, go, bro, you're going to be friends with this guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's coming over to Taco Tuesday, there's nothing you can say about it. Isn't it nice to have just, if a news is going to break, I get an alert that's not Taco Tuesday and it's Andrew Luck retires. Well, I had one
2: the other day. It was like news for – it was a Twitter one. It was like news for you. And it was absolutely – I don't even remember what it was. It was so not news for me. And I most of them are not actually news for me. Yeah, I mean – And Taco Tuesday. I, I, If if anybody knows, is there a way to filter all that shit out and just get – like it has to be a Schefter or a Woj
0: or like a Rosenthal. But I, how about this just... <coughs> – Clay – is who knows where on some vacation he clearly is kind of yeah. established. he's got this girlfriend like does yeah. every media outlet once he instagrams it needs to just copy and paste it in instagram that he's got a girlfriend exactly. can, can, can I the don't, guy just but, be with his girlfriend be proud want to show her off to all of his fans but he's not doing it for like ESPN to link it can you just let it be like we all Clay's well, got a I million followers is- let, it, let it be
2: yeah, I mean, look, it's news. You can whatever, but don't make it one of my alerts. I don't need it. Let me just see if I still have all my You know, there's a way you can, like, erase all your alerts. I don't know if I've done it. Let's see what my judge promises a fan of Homer. Don't need it. Chappelle holds a massive block party in celebration of Dayton. Don't need it. Uh, the Raiders signed Corey Legit. Don't need it. Actually, I don't Wait, mind
0: who that. signed who? Say it again.
2: Re- Raiders agree to terms with Corey Lee. I
0: missed that one. That's not a bad, yeah, not a bad one. one. <laughs> I
2: missed the two. Actually, never saw it.
0: See, I, uh, I, that's, I'm good with that one. That's pretty good. A little
2: yeah, that one's good.
0: Yeah, I feel um, it. I, I got to eat, guy. I'm starving.
2: Christian McCaffrey responds to his new look at Madden. Don't yeah. need it.
0: Well, because they had him as a black guy. It's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because they the, at Madden whatever tweeted the pick and it had like his measurables or whatever and it had the video game player. And he quoted the tweet. is pretty funny because it's a black player. And he's like, I don't wear my hand warmer over my belt. Kind of making fun. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. I, I got to laugh right. at that one. But the, the alert okay. doesn't do the tweet justice, right? You have to just see the tweet. Like I follow Christian McCaffrey. When he tweeted it, I laughed out loud. But if I got an alert at that, right, i gonna, think it was stupid. I'm going to find that. All right. Uh, okay, later. Note.